0: I shouldn't have drank this much, I apologize to everybody, welcome to episode 12 of Superhouse, I am drunk as hell. Uh, This is Andrew coming in from Los Angeles. Somebody introduce yourself.
1: This is James from Los Angeles.
2: This is Uh, Yukiko.
3: Whoops.
0: Do it again.
2: Do we have an order? Where's your show notes, Andrew?
0: Alright, Yukiko, go.
2: It's (laughs) Yukiko from Vancouver. Maddie. I'm from Cincinnati.
0: (laughs) Johnson. This is Johnson from Riga. That's Avia. I said it. Santa Cruz,
4: Stephen Santa Cruz from Denver,
0: and James. Yeah, James, you win, right? Yeah. All right. Is that everybody? It
3: everybody.
0: Yay. Yes. <laughs> All right. Cool. It
3: everybody.
0: <laughs> All right. So we're gonna start off this episode with. Uh, remember, the, if you remember from the last episode, we asked Yuziko if she had a question for us. Is somebody playing something? Maddie, turn your shit off.
5: I turned it off. It's off.
0: <laughs> <God>. <laughs> it All right. So. Uh, Professional. Yeah, Yukiko, you had a question for us.
2: Yes. So in the last episode, um, thanks for letting me ramble on about third culture kid stuff. Um, I guess it was just trying to lay out the foundations of, I don't know, just culture identity and stuff like that. But I had a question for you guys. I realized it right after I got off the air. Uh, In what ways do you guys feel American and in what what ways do you not feel American?
0: (laughs) Who Who wants to answer this one?
5: Oh, I'll go first. I'm American as fuck. I'm from Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I have a good answer for this. I, uh, for me, anyway, like I just feel totally American when I go to foreign countries. I'm just I, People know, and I expect them to know. Um, however, getting out of the South and moving North to Chicago was kind of an enlightenment, and I was like, oh, I actually feel like I need to be in a bigger city. I don't mm-hmm. really care where that is, but um, yeah, I'm American as fuck, and I don't, I don't even care. And, <laughs> but,
2: and what does that mean to you, though, being an American?
5: Well, I don't know. I don't like it, but <laughs> you don't like <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> because I've been to other countries, and the lifestyle seems more my speed. Like any time mm-hmm. I've been to any other country, I'm just I feel I feel like I should be there, experiencing more of that kind of. I guess what kind of like Johnson's doing. Maybe not so many sex but, you know, <laughs> taking in cultures and learning other stuff because I think I, my mentality is more towards a lot of European thinking, I guess. Mm-hmm. So,
3: that's and interesting. I feel like,
5: and I feel like in America, I'm just, there are other people who think like me and want the same kind of things for our country, but I don't feel like there's enough of those people, you know? I mean, obviously, our elections are fucking crazy.
2: Yeah.
3: So,
5: um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a weird. It's a a good question, but I can't really. I just don't think I uh, don't like being American for the most part.
0: Are you embarrassed when you introduce yourself as American in in Europe? (laughs) Maddie? When
5: I was in Europe, uh, I would talk to girls and they'd be like, oh, are you American? I'm like, yeah, how do you know? I'm like, you have a beard. Most Europeans don't have beards. I was like, oh, <laughs> not into beards? And I'm like, not really. I was like, ah, well, I'm fucked. Oh, no. <laughs> so, um, I just kind of embraced it from that point on because I, I don't know what it would take for me to shave this beard off despite, like, an accident.
3: <laughs>
5: but, um, uh, yeah, uh, I just feel like going to Europe, I'm just like, all right, they know, and I'm just going to embrace it. I'm not trying to pretend. I mean, if they ask where I'm from, I'm going to be like Kentucky. I feel like that would blow their minds more than anything. Yeah. What's what's Kentucky like? How is it there? Is it like Deliverance? Exactly. It's that movie all the time.
3: But,
0: what's yeah. bourbon like? <laughs> whiskey. Tell me about it.
4: You guys don't have whiskey, yeah, whiskey Because
0: we do. <laughs> Stefan, you wanted to answer this, or what?
4: Oh, uh, yeah. I growing up, I identified with the designation of being Chicano, which is like Mexican blood, American born. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if to most Mexicans, I'm a white guy and to most white guys, I'm still Mexican, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like more or less. It's it's probably not this, this way so much as I've gotten older, but growing up, you know, especially when I went to SCAD, you notice kind of, uh, there are very clear divisions of where my kind of the American, like the white American sensibilities ended and then the Mexican sensibilities began.
3: Mm Um,
4: I think uh, in terms of being American, I, 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 uh, I had a Lyft driver the other day, this dude from Africa. Mm-hmm. He kind of enlightened my, or kind of changed my whole perspective on what um, I was experiencing as an American. And he was, uh, he was born in the Congo and then uh, moved to South Africa and was in South Africa for 12 years. And he was lucky enough to get a lottery to come to the States. And he was saying that um, it was easier for him to come all the way to the States and save money so he could go back to the Congo and visit his family he hadn't seen um, for that 12 or 15 years or something like that. Wow. Um, yeah. and that blew my mind. And then he was just like, he was just like, he was just like, America is the greatest place in the world. <laughs> wow. He was just like, he was just like, you could do, and his whole thing was just there's so much opportunity for everybody. You could be the poorest motherfucker straight on the, from the other side of the border and that he, you know there's so much opportunity here uh, even with the current political climate that seems um, pretty shaky on those kind of grounds uh... and he was also just like don't worry about trump and bernie sanders and whoever the fuck you know it's like america compared to the rest of the world is is still pretty fucking pg um, Yeah. so as as somebody who like can relate to an outside culture like the mexican culture mm-hmm. uh... as well as having spent pretty much all my time in America Um, it's nice sometimes when you have those reminders of like what you have and and the luxury that we have to complain about the things that we have Um, which you know I appreciate all that I appreciate that feeling of humbleness and I appreciate that ability to be able to have the things that I have and live the life that I live
0: fucking dope. Totally,
2: that's a really
0: good answer. Awesome. Johnson?
6: Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I love the passport. You get a lot of privileges with that passport. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one th- the thing that still surprises me is there's still loads of people that still, you know, despite what we think of our reputation abroad, we s- there's still people that think very positively of America, and there's still people that really want to come here.
2: Oh, yeah. Totally.
6: Yeah. Uh, I mean... I, like what Maddie was talking about, like my, the way I live life, like I, I, ever since I was a kid, I wanted, I always wanted to have, is I hated having lots of shit because I moved all the time and I always had to pack that shit. Yeah. (laughs) And like, what was fun for me was like when I could just like consolidate and get rid of shit. Oh yeah. So like, I love it when I just have a few core things that are just like... I can do a million... Like a gadget that I can do ten different things with. Like, I like shit like that. Like, so I like to have... I, I'm very minimalist. Like, I wear, like, three colors. Like... <laughs> <laughs> my entire wardrobe is, like, a cartoon character. <laughs> so, also, I fucking hate driving with the passion. Yes, yeah so I agree. Much.
0: Yeah, yeah.
6: But, you know, the thing is, in America... People pay so much fucking money for just, like, dumb shit. Like, I was (laughs) was talking to my parents today, and they were talking about how much they pay for phone and, like, cable and Internet. And I was just, like,
2: I totally forgot.
6: I I couldn't believe it. Like, I was just, like, holy fuck. Like, I pay, like, a fraction of what they pay for just, like, basic utilities and shit. All right, guys, pack it up. Go. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, I mean the, the most advantageous thing for me is that I can work for an American company and be somewhere that's like a third of the price. Um, so that's fun for me.
2: That's yeah, a huge
0: that's, advantage.
2: You get the best of both worlds.
0: Sure. Yeah.
2: What about you, Andrew?
0: Uh, me? Uh, it's it's so easy because I I'm usually comparing myself to Japanese people and not Europeans. Mm-hmm. So, I think like when I'm with when I'm by myself, I don't feel that American because I don't watch sports. I don't watch football or baseball. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the South. I don't watch NASCAR. I didn't go hunting because everybody, a lot of boys even went hunting with their dads in the hunting grounds hunt deer and turkey and shit in Alabama. Some mm-hmm. real fucking country ass shit. <laughs> like every I didn't I net I've never done that. I didn't shoot a gun until I was like 28, 29. But when I'm around Japanese people, I might as well be fucking John Wayne.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: like it's it's just because I'm a white American dude or sometimes like I said in a previous podcast, they say that I look more European. There was even one time I was at like not the DMV, but I was at like some sort of like show like a city hall mm-hmm. type of area in Japan and the Japanese dude was next to me and he was like he started speaking English to me out of nowhere. Older guy, and uh-huh. he was like, "You must be Englishman, right?" Like, yeah. <laughs> he thought I was British. So I Brilliant. got that. A, yeah, I got that a couple times in Japan. So, You're like,
6: nah. Yeah, I was like, nah, man, from
0: Alabama, dude. No, <laughs> but uh... God, um, as far as like a specific time, there was one time when I started uh, when I my first day, literally my first day teaching English in Japan. Mm-hmm. I didn't know exactly how the uh, food was prepared, and in in Japan, you you uh, everybody like helps make everybody else's food. Like there's no ca- there's no lunch ladies, there's no cafeteria people. Like the yeah, students, like,
2: whoever who's assigned for that week uh brings it from like the lunchroom and and brings it back to the classroom and
0: stuff. yeah exactly and the students and the teachers do all do all this so the the team ethic is there from the get-go and what i did was i made my tray and then i fucking got my food and sat down and started eating oh, and, they were, no. and they were like you need to not do that next time
3: oh <laughs> really wow and
0: really? i it, it felt really terrible and I was like, okay, I'm never doing that again.
2: <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's no way for you to know, really. No one told you.
0: They dude, there was no like prep on that. They were they just throw you into that shit. Yeah. But and I
2: into had, the I had
0: I had absolutely no idea. That was like a huge like what uh, English teachers in Japan call a a, a gaijin smash.
2: Gaijin smash nice.
0: for for the for the listener. Gaijin means foreigner in Japanese, and show and smash. It's just some slang that white people made up for themselves in Japan. Gaijin smash. Like you, you just did a fucking gaijin smash, bro. Like it's like
2: a party foul, but like a gaijin version. It's like a party foul type of
0: thing, and like these words exist in this weird subculture of white people in Japan. Oh,
2: that's that's awesome.
0: Not white people, but Americans. You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, food's another big
6: one. I could go on about that for an hour, but I won't.
0: <laughs> As far as that, I, in Korea,
6: it's just food anywhere, really, compared to America.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. James, did you have an answer for this or no?
6: Uh, well, for me, like
1: growing up, I never really, you know, something I didn't really think of too much, since for most of my life I grew up in New York, and you know, for Yukiko, you were bouncing around all, all over the mm-hmm. globe, uh, and even you, Johnson, you're you like were on like different military bases,
6: right? Pretty much. Uh, yeah, era. we were in Germany, and then you know Hawaii, which is America, but it's really has a huge Asian influence. Yeah. Like it's. Different. Yeah, I don't know.
1: But for me, like growing up, basically until uh, like college, I was just in the New York area, so I have very like small view set of the world mm-hmm. in a way. Until I came to. SCAD and which yeah, I met you guys, I met like tons of other people from all over the world too. And yeah, it's that even for me was a little bit of culture shock just talking to people, mm-hmm. learning about them, figuring out like what makes you know me America as well. And since you know, America is a huge fucking country and so far I've lived in basically like three different quarters of it and like mm-hmm. each place is so different as well, even for that. So it could be to some people comparable to like moving to like another country totally, moving yeah. from the south to Los Angeles, which is just so different. And it's funny too, like even talking to, I remember uh, like meeting, you know, kids from uh, all over the world asking wherever, where you're asking, oh, where are you from? New York. And it's like, oh, the, you mean the city? It's like, no, even New York is fucking huge.
2: Yeah. I'm yeah.
1: not even part of that. You're from uh, Poughkeepsie, right? Near Poughkeepsie, yeah,
6: yeah, 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 more upstate New York. Okay, but James, that brings up another thing. Like uh, a lot of out- people's around the world, a lot of the, their view of America is either New York or Los Angeles. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. They have yeah. no it's idea like, what's in between. Because
1: <laughs> of you know pop culture, uh, yeah. movies, and things like where's a big alien invasion? No, it's either in New York or L.A. It's not in like Wisconsin. It's yeah. never. <laughs> known.
3: Why would it be?
0: Yeah, like that when I was living in Japan, um, like I noticed that like the Japanese stereotype is usually the Tokyo stereotype, which of course that makes sense. But like if you went to Osaka or somewhere like near the South, like people are like much less reserved and 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 less cold and like we'll talk to you out of nowhere. Uh, and that's like totally different from like yeah. how the Japanese slash Tokyo uh, stereotype is. Mm-hmm. Even
2: even within Tokyo a lot of people just imagine like skyscrapers and like tr- heavy traffic but there's still like a suburb within Tokyo as well where it's kind of more nature and like smaller houses and stuff.
0: That's cuz like Tokyo is so fucking huge like it's like LA like you keep going and they just keep calling it Tokyo. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like are we are we LA city or LA county like oh this is L- this is LA but we're a county but we're like a fucking hour and a half out from the city. It's like they just keep calling it the same fucking thing.
1: One weird thing for me whenever I think about Japan is like the weather over there. It's like it wasn't until like a couple of years ago that I realized, oh, wait, like it's like since living in L.A. for so long, we basically have one climate. Yeah. And so I started mm-hmm. thinking of like other places like that. I've always thought of there as being somewhat similar to here, but then finding out, oh, yeah, it's summers are ball-sweatingly hot. <laughs> like, oh, yes. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I as well. honestly, I think
6: Japan is like the hottest fucking country I've ever been to. So Hotter than saying, Vietnam? Like, I think, man, I feel like I sweated so much in Japan.
0: Wow. It's
2: way more humid. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. They're both really humid, but Well,
0: like we lived in we all live in Savannah here and yeah. it's like it's like that.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think God. it's pretty similar Ugh. to Savannah.
2: Totally. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. maddie you remember living in duffy house and we didn't have <laughs> we didn't have yeah. air conditioning for a while <laughs> and then we we had to like we would take it take a shower and then we turned the water off it felt the same
5: <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like in savannah at the like the hottest day it was everyone's air conditioning was like oh shit we don't work today and it's like oh, i'll just i'll call my landlord and the landlord's like. No, like I got like fifteen other houses to visit, dude. You gotta wait, Ugh. and then it's like all Ugh. of us just sitting in our underwear, like, in the yeah. coolest part of the house.
0: Yeah, the AC's like I'm on break.
5: Yes. <laughs> it's Better. Like, I've never had that happen anywhere else I've lived. Like, that humidity
4: I, was brutal, man. Dude, God, it was ridiculous. I
5: hated it, dude.
4: I grew, I grew up in a desert climate pretty much, yeah. and it's just like I'm so used to the dryness. That was like a huge shock for me yeah. <laughs> going out there just – you're not going to be dry for four years.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's
4: what's great about L.A. Although, Andrew, do you
1: remember last summer where it got extremely warm and also really humid for a couple of days as well?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I live in San Gabriel Valley, so it's a bit uh, hotter than everywhere else in L.A., especially near the beach. So it, there was like a few weeks where it was like, I don't want to do
3: anything. Yeah, Kill me. <laughs> uh. that, that was life in Savannah during yeah.
5: the summer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, Savannah. I just remember Duffy House is worse for some reason.
5: Dude, that place, uh, it just like... It was in like the wood, man. It just like that. He just stayed there. There's yeah, sauna, like walking into that place sometimes. Uh, the and only you guys way to get through is to be drunk.
0: And we were playing like Soul Caliber and shit on PS2 and yeah. like doing anything to get our minds off the extreme heat.
3: I, I,
5: I feel like most of the time someone's like, oh, I'm having a party. It's like, yo, you air conditioned at work? Yeah. All right. I'll be there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> For the love of God. <laughs>
5: Wait, who else coming? Uh, I might be meeting like three other people. <laughs> yeah. I'm I don't even care. I don't even know those people.
4: Yeah, um, exactly. So like, dude, I didn't. I didn't actually know that a dehumidifier was an actual thing until I got <laughs> to the south. That shit blew my mind. Oh, like, yeah. Can, it came you can equipped
2: can with suck the dorms. moisture out of the
6: air. Yeah,
4: yeah.
0: yeah exactly. Like,
4: Holy fuck.
0: Yeah. Because <laughs> oh I usually God. needed – it
4: would get so dry in the summers here and I'd get bad allergies. I would need a humidifier a lot of the time. Never did I mm-hmm. think I would end up on the other side of that coin. <laughs> when,
0: I, when I moved to Tokyo, a lot of the dudes I knew were from California, and they were experiencing – humidity for the first time. Oh, and and they were like, "I'm dying." And I was <laughs> And I was like, "Dude, I'm from Atlanta, bro. Used to this shit. What's up?"
4: Kiss <laughs> on his face.
0: It, yeah, it, it would have been drier.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even having grown up in Southeast Asia like mostly humid places, uh, this is like my fourth year in Vancouver and Last summer, I went back to Japan during the summer, like middle of summer in July. And I was just like, wow, like I completely forgot how humid and disgusting it is. (laughs)
0: Like
2: your body just gets used to it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: We, like I skateboarded in high school, and like you, like in the summer, you you could not skateboard during the day. Like it would, you would kill yourself. Yeah. That's why, like <laughs> skateboard skateboarders were known to have like these night sessions because you just fucking couldn't. You would you would die.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Bush, remember
4: that? Remember that spot we'd go to? Uh, it was that ramp that they had built. The, the yard warehouse. Yeah, the yard at night. Yeah. That yeah. Shit was
0: fucking awesome. Yeah, it was fucking great.
4: <laughs> but it was nice and cool. I did like nights down in Savannah for sure. Yeah, um, uh, especially kind of closer to the fall. Holy shit, that place is amazing.
0: Yeah, that was a really good ramp, man. Kind of like too yeah. good for where it was. It was really that, was, yeah.
2: Was that the one that was near Turner Village or whatever? Like that. Yeah, direction? it was just
0: on the other side,
4: a uh, uh, down like maybe boundary a half, something? A, maybe a half mile down from Boundary. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. They had this fucking. They had like a half pipe on the top though built on the side and there was some railing so you wouldn't like immediately fall into it but it really wasn't doing anything if you if you like went too high on the other side it was fucking dangerous but learned a lot of cool tricks there remember John Lynn that dude John Lynn uh, he was
0: he could BMX right he would
4: BMX those shit he would come for like 15 minutes and just like zip the whole ramps and do a bunch of flips and shit and and bar spins and then he'd be out like alright see you guys later and I'm that was
3: (laughs)
0: <laughs> like that was the, always the thing with like extreme sports whatever the fuck you want to call it like skateboarding BMX like the dudes that were really good at it and, like they were just so good at it naturally it was it was sickening yeah. like yeah. it felt like people that played sports were just they needed to work harder at it but like of course there were skateboarders that had to work hard at it but it's just i don't know it's like the gap between people that were naturally good at it and the people yeah. that weren't was so much
3: <laughs> so i was a much. total
4: poser i just like having the skateboard with me and I got I got good enough to where I could like drop in and do a couple uh, you know, back and forth. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much where I ended. That was like as cool as I wanted to be. Who
0: cares, man? <laughs> that shit was great. And it was great, yeah. Yeah, I love mini ramp. Yeah, I wish course, Israel's yeah. here because I went with Israel several times to that spot.
4: Yeah, Israel's good too.
0: Yeah. yeah. Did you yukiko What did you did you have like any kind of expected answers from us? Like, or did we kind of like exceed Uh, your expectations or like what it
2: was it was interesting because you guys all have different backgrounds and different um experiences overseas so uh yeah i I didn't really know what i was expecting um Mm -hmm. i think i was expecting maybe a little bit more of kind of like intangible feelings of being american Uh,
3: like
2: certain level of pride or like uh, patriotism like uh, feeling uh, certain ways on fourth of july or at you know, Olympics or World Cups, like whenever you gotta cheer for your country, like what's something you get less. ramped up about? Yeah, when it yeah, comes to the sure. Olympics, it's
0: <laughs> when it comes to the Olympics, it's. I mean, it's like who else am I gonna vote, gonna go for? It's it's gonna yeah, be the U.S., yeah. right? Yeah. And then if U.S. goes out, then I'll personally go for Japan.
2: <laughs> yeah. See, the, but, thing, the
0: other thing is, like around the world, most people are into soccer. and the U.S., soccer team is is bullshit. Except for the women's, our women's yeah, team yeah, rules,
6: Yeah, bro. yeah I, I yeah. don't care about that.
0: <laughs> you sexist <as> fuck.
6: <laughs> am I gonna, when am I gonna watch women's
0: soccer? <laughs> when they're winning that gold, baby?
6: Yeah, I guess. Oh <laughs> You know what I will say? What I, I'm always really thankful when, like, especially in Europe, when somebody is an asshole that is not American. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm at a restaurant and, like, there's some, like, German woman who's being a total bitch. Not American, like, this I
0: seems mean, to have like, happened really
6: recently. <laughs>
3: uh,
6: oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's this restaurant nearby we went to, and everything's like, I don't know, maybe they were Swedish or something. They just were not happy with whatever this dude brought out. It was a what? nice restaurant, too. Were they,
2: like, making a big scene or what?
6: Oh, totally, totally, what? yeah. They were, they were just, like, not eating, and then the guy would come over, and he's like, oh, you know, blah, blah, what's wrong? They're just like, oh, it's it's just not good. It's just not what we're used to, blah, blah, blah. And then yeah. They weren't happy with the meal. They weren't happy with the dessert that he brought out for free. They weren't happy with anything.
2: So, so. are you relieved <laughs> that Douchebaggery's kind of you know, international? Uh, or universal yeah. yeah. Like universal I'm not an America. American
6: being yeah. a loud douchebag. I'm relieved. I'm like... but, then but then you're sitting over there and you're like, I'm not being an asshole. Well, it's just <laughs> that the perceived, you know, view of an American is just like a loud yeah. asshole, just like demanding shit. And, it's, uh, and when it's somebody other than an American, I'm like, okay. like
4: a nice be... little spring in your step. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: When I was living in Japan, you know, when you teach English in Japan, you're not just with Americans; you're with anybody that speaks English natively. So you have Canadians and South Africans and English and Irish and Australian, and there was a bunch of, a lot of Australians mainly. And there was a few times, and especially when we'd all get drunk together, I remember there's this one New Zealand bitch. She was like, (laughs) (laughs) she was a bitch. Okay, I'm sorry. She 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 uh, she said. Like whenever she was drunk, she was, she turned to me and she goes, you know, you Americans speak a bastard English, right? (laughs) And I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Yeah,
2: what are you even supposed to say to that? I've been
0: only nice to you, only nice to you up until now, and you fucking say some shit (laughs) like that? God, that pissed me right the fuck off.
6: Yeah, I I dated a Kiwi for like six months. Did she say shit like that? Oh no, she said actually Americans were. <laughs> because, like, you know, attractive dudes, like, cool dudes. like.
0: God, I think I got the worst of the worst, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know what happened. Yeah. But that's it, really happened. And it happened with, like, God, French Canadians, too. Not oh, French people, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. French Canadians. Canadian. I don't For know sure. what the fuck, but, like, it was just, like, so much, like, anti Americanism. Like, I met this one French Canadian dude, and he was, like, oh the he was a i guess this is a kind of a nerdy comment he was like Oh, the iPhone is only AT and T right now. Land of the free, huh? <laughs> I was like, "Are you fu- what the what the fuck, bro?" <laughs> that is the stupidest fucking shit I've ever heard in my life. So that's <laughs> when you're oh, proud man. to be an American. Dude. You're you're making fun of me being American. This has nothing, by the way, doesn't have anything to do with anything I control. <laughs> yeah. And you're making fun of me for this shit? Mm-hmm. Go fuck off. Go eat some fucking maple syrup, you fucking douchebag.
4: Did you ever get in any fights in Japan, Bush?
0: Nah, not really I mean, look. No, because it was all. I was always so fucking shocked when I heard it. I almost like couldn't like say anything. I was like, wow, I didn't do anything. I didn't <laughs> yeah. say anything. Now there was this one time that wasn't me, but it was this other English teacher and another British dude. We were at like a English teacher meeting, and the British dude was cool, and uh, this other white dude was from uh, uh, Pen- Pittsburgh, like Pennsylvania, like but, but like from the country in that area, and he was, I don't know, he took something th- the wrong way. He said like I don't be- I don't believe things should be that way, and it was like a good position for him to have, and then the British guy said. Well, yeah, because of your social status, you would think that, and he meant that in a good way. He was like, because of your social status, you think of that in a good way. Again, I'm remembering only like, like here and there about it, but this dude took it so in such the wrong way. <laughs> the next English teacher we met, mi- English teacher meeting we had, he like, like was like about to fight this dude in the parking lot of the city hall. <laughs> he was like, and he he even said, "Fuck you, red coat." Fuck you
3: <laughs>
0: to this British guy. And I was like, uh, you are not representing America right now, you fucking dumbass. Oh no. That is
2: awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I, glad I asked that question. God <laughs> God it was it was unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like right. this guy had
2: problems. Also,
0: it was over a fucking compliment that he received. Yeah. <laughs> He received a compliment, but he was so dumb he couldn't take it the right way, and thought it was an insult. Some people are just looking for a fight. It was just so—it was so ridiculous. I couldn't believe it.
4: You know what? You keep going to answer uh, your, what you're saying about like more intangible feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I am really happy—I'm an American. The way that, like, I see when I was when I was working at this tattoo shop not too long ago. Um, it was in a really shitty area of, of downtown Denver and just like the, there's always like, um, these like day workers, like obviously like illegal immigrant Mexican dudes Mm -hmm. that would get picked up by trucks and shit. And like, they're just like, they may as well be straight up just bums anyway, you know, like the way that people treat that kind of, um, means of making a living, I guess. Mm-hmm. Which for them, which for them, like, it's, like, uh, they're making a ton of, of way, a lot more money than they're making in, like, northern Mexico. Um,
3: yeah.
4: So I was really happy to be, like, raised in a predominantly, like, Mexican-American setting uh, and not being, like, having come to this country either illegally some way with my family when I was younger. Because I had friends, too, that were, like, straight up, like, Americans, but they were, they were constantly facing deportation, um, because of, because they were, they came in illegally, uh, originally, so mm-hmm. it's like, they really get
0: fucked, man. Does your mother speak Spanish, Stefan?
4: Yeah, pretty okay. much my whole family speaks like a kind of Spanglish um, and you're, you're, Spanish. you don't
0: speak much at all or, or what?
4: I speak a little bit, but you know, it wasn't until I started working in restaurants that I actually learned as much Spanish as I know now. Yeah. Um, and that's, what's really cool too is like, man, fucking Mexicans work hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in a kitchen, dude. They're fucking, but yeah. it's cool because there's this like, I, one thing I do love about working in restaurants and shit, um, is especially cause I work in like, uh, I do like between front of the house and back of the house anyway, I can, like, swear at my job to a degree in certain areas, and we can get, like, straight up raw. And when you when you get all these different people from different walks of life because it's such an easy industry to kind of get into, um, that you get, you get people from fucking, I worked with this one dude from Thailand who is fucking nuts. And, <laughs> you know, but he was, like, he was kind of, you know, he'd been lived half in the States and half in, like, Thailand. But, you know, you pick up these interesting, like, Cultural things that are filtered through the American way of life. Um, yeah,
2: people you wouldn't have met otherwise.
4: Yeah, and so yeah, I've always been happy that like when I am recognized as, as American, um, it also comes with a little something else. But I can still kind of like be comfortable and kind of sit pretty in that that uh, that my citizenship is American.
2: Yeah, it's like yeah. a privilege you take for yeah. granted.
4: So there's a lot of times that I've tried to, like, break down the, um, the cultural differences just for my own comfortability, but, um, uh, but it all, like, kind of comes
6: with its, its pitfalls and its perks.
2: Yeah. The other thing is, like,
6: my lady friend, she grew up in Lithuania, She grew that's under Soviet control, she's got stories, like, in her lifetime. Living in a country that was occupied by uh, a foreign superpower, <laughs> like
1: uh,
6: it's like crazy, street man. fighter shit, man. Yeah, but <laughs> street about, fighter. Yeah, she talks about like going to like the Soviet doctors, and like <laughs> in, like uh, God, what
4: so we're, we're gonna sew her to a, an identical twin.
6: I don't know, but it's just crazy. I mean, it's like something you see in movies that like, actually <laughs> yeah. happened to her, like, in her lifetime. Yeah, that's crazy. Is she a badass? I bet she's a badass. Well, I mean, she, you know, she speaks Russian, so she had to learn that. Yeah. And, like, uh, just, like, we were comparing things, like, some, like, cartoons that she saw growing up, and then, um, like, ones she saw once the country opened up in 91. The country's only been free for like 25 years, wow. and uh, yeah, yeah, just totally like bizarro worlds, like <laughs> <laughs> Soviet-occupied cool. territories compared to America, it's just like, you know, our country, we have two giant oceans between us and any even potential threat, mm-hmm. we are a Kind of lucky in that way that, that we don't really have to worry about anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And so we have what the biggest it, military in the world.
0: Too, what does she so, think about Americans in general?
6: Oh, they they have a they have a good outlook on America. They. Yeah, I mean they they're they you know they expect us to take care of the Russians if anything. God, happened. really? Yeah. <laughs> well, because they're EU now, so EU is. You know, it's a unified European Union. So if one country is attacked, the whole union goes to war. Basically, so it, with Putin being, you know, unpredictable as he is, everybody's kind of worried about him, uh, <laughs> especially yeah. after Ukraine. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Damn. Oh man. It's still a lingering kind of thing, but. Um... I don't know. I th- I think it would be exciting if something happened. It was like Korea. It's like if North Korea did anything, it'd be kind of yeah. Would you take up arms? I, I mean, mean if, like you're a military if... brat, you'd be like, "Oh, time to fight."
3: <laughs> I mean, I know how to
4: shoot.
6: I mean, I know how to I know how to yeah. Use a if some guy got shot and dropped a rifle in front of me, like, you're all why ch- not? You Tie his neck.
4: You tie his <laughs> bandana Johnson, around this, your
6: head.
2: This excitement thing that you feel, like I kind of got that when i was living in bangkok and there was that political unrest that happened in 2010 i don't know if you guys remember it but it was like pretty close yeah like civil war pretty close to um and there's like tanks in the street and uh curfew law and get like evacuation and bombs going off and stuff like that and like on one hand i was like you know kind of concerned for my well-being like i ended up uh (laughs) like leaving the city for a little bit to stay with a friend and all that but there was a part of me that was like a little bit thrilled like like oh yeah, shit! Like this yeah. like cool you know like historical thing is happening, yeah. and I wonder if that thrill comes from the fact that I'm not Thai. Like I can technically get up and leave and go to my home country of Japan and be safe there, whatever. Totally,
3: yeah. Whereas right, like if yeah. I was
2: yeah, if I only had family in Thailand and was Thai nationality, I would have had a different outlook.
6: Absolutely, yeah. But it is like this morbid curiosity. Like, how far can this go? You know?
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Until you're like affected, you know, super directly. Yeah, yeah, of
6: course.
4: It's like kind
2: of like watching like a like a car crash or something. Yeah. You want to know what's going on.
4: Exactly. Do you think that? Do you think that 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 feeling of excitement is something like deeper ingrained? Like, do you think that the um, the nationals also feel this same? Not maybe not the same type of excitement, but I kind of get what you guys mean. Anytime there's like um i mean anytime there's like cops around even or something's going yeah, down, yeah. Was, like, yeah that little bit of you like kind of sparks up do you think there's something deeper that has to do with like people preparing for times of civil unrest uh some kind of like instinctual emotional response hmm.
2: um, maybe... like in the, the locals or in us
4: well, just uh, like in people in general I don't yeah know.
2: Yeah, I think it's just natural to be curious about what's going on in your surroundings. Yeah.
4: Well, I've been reading, I read this article about this Filipino school where there was like a bunch of, there's like mass hysteria. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so it's like the perspective oh, wow. that you guys are over, um, it's like a really religious area and it was like a private school and there was a lot of like underfunding at the school. But the kids started seeing like ghosts and shadow people and demons and stuff what? like that, and they started like they started like uh, you know like tweaking out and having like seizures and and stuff like that, and really? so yeah, and they were they were um, they had like witch doctors and shamans and stuff come in and and uh, and like bless the school or try and figure it out, and then like you know they didn't find anything or nobody really saw anything, but they kept coming up these cases of like. You know, these kids would think, think, believe, in them that in themselves, they were they were possessed by something because of how this like hysteria grew and spread throughout the student body. It really had more to do with like um, <clears throat> with like underfunding of or being like have not having enough resources, mm-hmm. and there just being so many kids or whatever. But if you know this this um, so when you guys were talking about what you were talking about, like feeling of excitement. Uh, anytime there's something like that, I feel like it kind of zaps us into this like center stage kind of feeling, like, oh, you know, like, oh shit, like what Johnson was saying, like, how far could this go and like, what's going to yeah. happen? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it, 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 it's an interesting thing you talk about. And then just being in those types of situations, or like you in Latvia and Yukiko when she was talking about the civil unrest. Mm-hmm.
3: um <laughs> um
4: it's just, like, you guys are kind of, like, at the forefront or in these positions to be at the forefront of these these really, like, vivid experiences on a historical level.
6: Well, I think that's uh, part of it. It's, like, it's not so dangerous that you feel like you need to leave. You're not, like, in mortal danger, but it's, like... Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're kind of in that middle where you're considering... But... Like,
2: something could go wrong, but, like, yeah. it hasn't yet, so... Yeah. Yeah.
6: Do you feel like you'd be prepared
4: in that situation somehow to... Uh, In case if something it was, did
6: pop off? No, if it was Russia, I'd fucking hop on a ferry to Sweden, like, right away.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it got, like, real bad, but I think, um... Uh, I don't know, like, even, you, even without having to leave, I think, as foreigners, you kind of have the comfort of, like, okay, we'll rush to the embassy, like, worst case scenario.
3: Yeah. yeah there's
2: right. that, like, I don't know, safe spot.
6: Right. Yeah. You um, know you're gonna be a priority. Yeah. So, like you're gonna have a seat on a helicopter or a boat or something <laughs> does that come with being American yeah yeah pretty much
2: comes the privilege of most first first world countries I think
0: yeah, yeah. wow that's <laughs> crazy awesome did you have any uh any other questions for us or is that uh,
2: no that was a pretty good discussion I thought yeah good answers yeah. all around
0: yeah that was that was pretty good <laughs> So, are we ready to move on to Sexpedition or? I think yes.
2: we've all been waiting oh. for that, so...
3: Yes! Oh, yes! to <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Maybe>, get
4: out. <laughs>
0: Good <on>. Lord, yes!
4: <laughs> Hold on, the Molly's taking out, effect.
0: <laughs> Put your pants back on. Uh, <laughs> no. <they're>, uh, <laughs> okay. no. What's done is done. I'm ready for a vivid story. Oh, you well, better paint us a word picture, Johnson. <laughs> nah. I want there oh. to be flourishes.
3: <laughs>
6: no, 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 no. I wanted to do it since we, our guest Yukiko is here. I wanted to do one that involved uh, her party. <laughs> but I don't want <laughs> to invite anyone.
2: Well, I didn't even know that anything went down with you at the party. So sure, sure. like I don't even know what happened.
6: Yeah, I mean, it, really, there's not much. It's a very straightforward story, but um, but I feel like we could recount the story, the party, because that was pretty cool, because that was, like, my very first night there. You were having your party just, like, yeah, it the dance.
2: Yeah, my friend and I were having a joint birthday party. Um, this is, like, I don't know, 2011 or something like that. Yeah. And uh we rented out this bar in this kind of shady part of Bangkok. I mean most of Bangkok shady, but like especially <laughs> Cowboy, shady. Right?
3: Uh
2: not exactly so like similar area. It's called Nana, so it's a lot of um like Middle Eastern merchants and uh small bars and hookah bars and stuff like that. And shady was...
5: bars and sex expeditions it's just, ooh, yeah.
2: <laughs> Go on. And the theme of the night was uh, we called it party animal party, so we yeah. each dressed as an animal. I was oh, a shark
7: a furry and, party. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Johnson.
0: Johnson did some furry shit. No,
7: no we're Not again.
6: quite. Not quite. Aw. Anyway, what animal were you? Uh, you I was a little out? unprepared. I just had a T-shirt that happened to have pigs on it. So <laughs> <I don't
2: know. laughs> That's better than what most people did. Like a lot of sure. people are just you know wearing like like animal ears and animal t-shirts at the most. So I was the only one who, I had like a full-on shark hat on my head. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Here, let me pull this up. I'll send it to you guys. But keep telling the story.
6: Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, pretty much I flew in and then like I didn't have a cell phone. So for the longest time, I was trying to find a way to call you. (laughs) Uh, Eventually, I had to like, I think I just borrowed a guy's phone at the hostel I was staying at. (laughs) So, uh, Yeah. By the way, this will come up again. I got a ho- I got a room at a hostel. This is on Kosan San Road, like the pleasiest touristy part of Bangkok, and it was filthy. It was just fucking mold everywhere. It was like a bed from an insane asylum. <laughs> <laughs> Bugs coming up out of the thing.
0: Did you it fuck was- on that bed? Yeah. Right.
6: Right. Yeah. Really? Uh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's why I'm telling you. That's the only reason I'm telling you
0: about this. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay.
5: Whoa, oh, no, whoa, jo- uh, Andrew! Don't skip details. Come
0: on. Okay. Okay, Johnson. He's Continue.
7: The moon. I love
6: it.
0: Continue, Johnson. I'm. I'm sorry, Maddie.
6: Okay. So uh, yeah, I finally get a hold of you. Go. I find out where it is. Uh, take it taxi up there i remember i got lost a bit i was kind of walking around it's kind
2: of hard to find and it's also like on an upstairs of like a shady tattoo parlor weird shit just crammed into one space so it's a little bit hidden
6: yeah but it was cool that you guys had that entire place like
2: yeah we knew the um, the lady who ran it from a different bar that she used to run but um, apparently i found this out like a couple years after this party happened she like borrowed a bunch of money from People and ran away and was never to be found again. (laughs) I don't know what she's up to. Anyway, that's not even relevant. Nice,
6: nice. Uh, Did anything else happen at the party? Like this is the part I was
2: like super drunk and sweaty and dancing. So I don't even know what was happening.
6: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was hoping you could fill in the blanks on that part, but yeah. No,
2: mine's all blanks. I don't remember anything. Yeah,
6: yeah. I don't remember much.
2: So, but who, who? Tell the story. You get the yeah. party, I say hello.
6: Yeah, well I don't wanna feel like I don't wanna like indict anyone. I don't I feel like I might um how make bad up a name,
0: make how, up how bad could, name? could it be? Just you don't have to say the name, so Yeah you, yeah. Yeah, how, yeah, no
6: names, yeah.
0: How'd you how'd you meet the girl? Like what explain well, the explain the initial meeting here.
6: She was there. I remember seeing her on the peripheral when I first got there. And then I was kind of going around. I was kind of meeting some of your friends, Yukiko, and Mm -hmm. talking. They were all cool. Everybody was super cool. Everybody was great. Uh, I think we even smoked weed with one guy out on the balcony (laughs) for a bit. Probably. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, there was this girl. uh, She was European. She was uh, Spanish. Maybe that helps
2: there was a bunch of people that i didn't know it was more of my friend's friends
6: friends yeah i think so because um,
2: cause my friend was uh interning at the un at the time and it yes. was a bunch of like un people so that's
6: right yeah
2: so it was one of those i guess uh yeah <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay go on
6: so uh, yeah yeah so it was getting late your party was winding down and i remember Half the people were gonna go one way, I think more in the Bangkok, but then the other group were gonna go back to where I was staying near, Kosan to that big club. Do you know what that big club in Kosan is? is? Uh,
2: there's a bunch of them. Um,
6: Do you know that one on the main road? Like the, it's
2: like uh, that one
6: everybody goes to. The brick? Maybe. Something yeah.
2: like that? I don't, yeah, know. I don't remember.
6: Yeah. yeah. So they were all going back there, and I was like, I'm probably gonna head there. And this girl was like, Yeah, I'll come with you too, because she's apparently stayed over there too, near that area.
2: This is the the kind of like the backpackers area. Like if you guys ever seen yeah. the movie The Beach, that's the one um, mm. where Leo takes like a shot of uh, snake, snake blood, blood or something. Yeah, they don't yeah. actually have snake blood, but that's you know, kind of gives you a picture of what it looks like.
6: Right. The main thing to get there is the buckets. You get like your own little yeah. personal
3: bucket. <laughs>
2: it's a bucket of alcohol. Alcoholic whatnots. Yeah. Like Long Island iced tea in a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> and you
6: like sip out of it with a straw. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. You get fucked up. Yeah, real quick. Uh, yeah, so we were in that club and we were dancing and then we start making out and then we're like obscenely making out. <laughs> <laughs> Like even this old guy behind us like said something. I don't know what he said. I was drunk, because I was like whatever, dude. <laughs> so then we left. We went back to my filthy hostel room, which I was a bit worried about, but she was totally cool with it. And Did she say anything about it? Uh, yeah, no. Nah, I mean, she You know, we had a laugh about it, but you know, overall, it was fine. Uh you know, and the rest is history.
0: <laughs> so did she look like Penelope Cruz? Like can it get like a more of a like what she look like? She's she's, Span- came, yeah, she's I mean, Spanish.
6: Yeah, I mean maybe yeah, maybe like a I mean nobody looks like Penelope Cruz other than Penelope Cruz, but you know, yeah, yeah she was an attractive Spanish girl. Was...
0: All right. Brunette, black hair. Bruna, yeah, yeah, black hair. <laughs>
3: okay.
0: I need those details, Johnson.
6: Uh, you know, dusky complexion. All <laughs> oh, actually. She was yeah.
5: What did her uh, eyes look like? Tell me about the eyes.
6: <laughs> oh, they look like amber jewels. That's what they. Look like. oh. Oh. No
3: wonder you want to take her back Is to your house. Is that what hostel. you told her? Is that yeah, you know, daughter she daughter she, the had that,
6: she had that perfect level of like broken English where it it wasn't totally perfect. It was like just right. It was like Anything she said, how it was like... Say,
4: how do you say before she... Yeah, said, yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> oh,
6: God. How do you say? Pause.
4: Ménage à yeah. trois. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we actually met up
6: a second time. and went to her place after that. You got, you got wow. the re-up? The yeah. let you take a shower? Yeah. <laughs> I would have been like, I got
4: to
0: see what your bathroom looks like. <laughs> take an hour-long shower. Holy fuck. Did you figure out why a Spanish girl was in Thailand? Like what, what why was she there?
6: Well like the UK machine, she was part of that UN thing.
0: Oh yeah, sorry, yeah. Mm-hmm. I got it. Awesome. Uh So Maddie, are you satisfied with this story or what?
5: Uh I feel like Johnson just builds me up and then, like, <laughs> and, then and then we get to the place and he's like and then then we, you know, it happened. Mm-hmm. And it's like, come on, man.
6: It was like I need Diamond a little more three. Oh, yeah. you, like, you want, like, the triple X details?
5: Oh, dude, I want it all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want the parts where she's, like, moaning your name. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, God.
6: I think that's for a separate podcast. Man, oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs>
5: oh af- uh, su- Superhouse After
6: Hours? Oh, no, God. Yeah. Yeah. It gets a little blue. <laughs>
0: how much of this bro can yukiko take i wonder yeah, right.
2: oh man that's the
0: real I, question here
2: i was, was kind of hoping that um it was someone i knew i thought it was a very <laughs> yeah, romantic sorry.
3: story
5: i mean I, I i enjoy this section a lot um, i'm joking <laughs> most of the time about how excited i am about it but um i do enjoy a good story we should hear a maddie sex, sex uh, oh no there there are not many there are not, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs>
6: <laughs>
5: it's leaving well, be drunk be the in next,
6: Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Should be uh, hunting for Russian prostitutes. That'll be the next one. Yeah. That, awesome. that <laughs> happened in Chicago, right? No, no, no. this was uh, Busan actually.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, <laughs> <Russia. clears throat> yeah, Johnson. That's the second time you've uh, plugged this, so I think that's the next. Uh, that's the next yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah. Mad- Maddie's already looking forward to next week. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's like I, set, I, setting his watch, his Google Calendar.
2: What's gonna uh, happen yeah. when Johnson eventually runs out of stories? To I know
6: it's gonna happen eventually.
2: Johnson's
0: well... gonna
6: have
5: to make them up. He's gonna have to be <laughs> <Yeah>.
6: some problems. <laughs> and... <laughs> why don't we share
0: our own? Right. Yeah, I thought why I why don't thought we about that. you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't care about you. Yeah, we need <laughs> other
6: people to get in on this one. Yeah. I don't know.
3: I don't
5: know I have some
3: good ones
0: (laughs) yeah Uh, I think I think that's probably gonna happen
2: I'm glad my birthday party was able to provide a uh, an opportunity for yeah
3: (laughs) Yeah. idea because
2: you like showed up and I was really drunk and like you left at some point I was like oh he probably just left and didn't know there was a whole second secondary adventure to this
6: well see that was the thing yeah yeah the, the group was splitting up there was like some people going Somewhere nearby.
2: Were you there for the um, the roulette, the shot roulette? I think oh so. God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The the bar had um the lady would just bring it up for us sometimes. It's like a little roulette that you spin and whatever the ball lands on, you have to take a shot. Like it's like a <laughs> test to a shot glass, or it's like corresponds to a number or something. And she would fill it up with like ninety percent alcoholic stuff, ten percent you know ones just like water or soda or whatever. So that fucked us up.
0: <laughs> god
5: You Yukiko, so, will you have another p- party in Bangkok so I can come? Yeah,
0: totally <laughs> <laughs> Sounds Sup- like a good time Superhouse does Bangkok Oh, geez <laughs> <No one gets laughs> a-
2: It'll be like the hangover movie
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> He's like, oh my god I don't want oh. a tattoo on my face <laughs> want I want to go drink snake's blood. But I also forgot to mention,
6: I was being a bit naughty because this is when I was dating Uh-oh.
3: Crazy Face. Uh-oh, naughty. Yeah. Oh, Wait, this is
6: when you were dating who? Crazy Face. Oh, your most previous? The... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one who took that uh, handsome photo of yourself? Sure. Yeah, the one who used to hit me and throw shit at me. What? <laughs> that one. You oh, were geez, abused? Oh my oh, God. Totally. No, I was like literally abused. <laughs> oh, no. I couldn't say anything.
0: He said this girl hit him a lot.
6: <laughs> Why? What? Dude, she'd throw, like, heavy
0: cups and shit at me.
6: Like,
2: Over what kind of stuff? Like, what did you do like, to piss nothing. her off that much? Like, absolutely
6: nothing. <laughs> oh, come Dude, on, Jonathan. Like,
2: I think I know you. Said,
6: What did you do? No, no, no. She, this girl would literally, like, jump up on the bed, like, having a tantrum. She looked like a tea kettle that was just, like, steaming. <laughs> just, like... <laughs> Jumping up and down, <laughs> you
0: know. It sounds uh, like she's fucking nuts, man. Oh, she's crazy, dude. <laughs> How long were
6: you in this relationship for?
0: Uh, three years.
5: Oh my what? god! <laughs> Maddie's
0: Maddie's like even more interested in this now. <laughs>
2: yeah. I want to
5: dive into the psyche of Johnson. and crazy my state For three years.
0: Stockholm
2: <laughs> uh, syndrome. I
5: know.
0: Yeah, so this new relationship is like totally different. This totally is like totally. totally G- do you ask it's her really to throw chill.
5: Stuff at you from time to time? What what? Do you ask her to like throw heavy things at you from time to time? To <laughs> oh wait, never mind. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> I actually don't like that.
5: I actually don't like that. It's, it's <laughs> triggering.
2: <laughs> what was uh, Crazy Face's uh, redeeming quality?
6: Uh, she was hot. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
4: Yukiko, I think you knew the answer to that. Yeah.
6: yeah. That's pretty much it. I think she was Uh hoping for something more. Nah.
2: (laughs) Something more. SPG.
0: (laughs) She had a good butt. (laughs)
3: Yeah.
0: Oh my God. If you look at, well, if you stalk Johnson online and save those old pictures of her, and then you look at Johnson's illustrations. It's really crazy. Like Johnson had been drawing this girl for years, before <laughs> oh, he met her. That's
6: awesome.
5: What? It's oh, crazy. Can... Is this on Facebook? Yeah, yeah I'm gonna find her. Where is you
6: she? You can find some photos on Facebook. You know. Yeah. Oh my I... God! Hold
5: this podcast. Gotta <laughs> <up. Yeah. laughs>
6: you, you gotta, gotta go back go to like 2011, 2012, 13.
4: Because I know
2: exactly like the kind of girls you draw. Like
6: sure, sure. This... Oh, hmm. But you it, kinda go was, you kinda uh, go for what you see in people too. Sure. You know. It was it was almost prolific I think. People also always used to think we were brother and sister too. That was weird. <laughs> we weird. <laughs>
5: loved it, I bet. But if, but then again <laughs>
6: that of, those were Koreans telling us that, so maybe does, they're gay. Does she have red hair? No, nah, she's like kinda brown hair? Sometimes reddish.
2: With Usually bangs. Brown.
6: Yeah, bangs, right? Okay,
2: I think I found her. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It's like, like she's got the nose and like the general structure of the girls you draw. Sure,
5: sure. <laughs> she has the long red hair. Uh, she's usually brunette.
0: <laughs> you guys are totally bruised stalking hair?
2: her, right? Yeah, now. I'm all over this shit. <laughs>
5: I'm just stalking Johnson. And I assume there's a photo of them together on here.
0: It was just weird because I I had known Johnson's art since since Superhouse days, sure. and. <laughs> To see this girl that, in the flesh, it was like, he's going to marry this bitch. This is nuts. Then she started throwing it. me
6: at
0: him. Yeah, uh, and then, then it didn't happen.
6: Yeah. You know what that reminds me of, Maddie? Remember one time you came into my room? I had my sketchbook open, and I was doing a doodle, and you looked at it, and you were like, that's my ex-girlfriend.
5: Oh, I, do, I don't what? remember that, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, one
6: time I, like, just... Like I drew Maddie's ex-girlfriend, and he showed me a photo of her, and it was like exact. It was like, oh weird. shit. Maybe
4: do of... you still have that
6: sketch? It, oh
4: god. You got no, to no, have some no, kind have of no sexy idea. clairvoyance?
6: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's your superpower.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
6: I'm gonna draw your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Let,
0: Let it be yeah. so. <laughs> God. It
6: was a, a, a short redhead, by the way, Maddie. Uh, I don't know. Is she on your actual Facebook? No, I'm talking about the one I drew oh. that looked like your ex. No,
5: oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> There's been a lot of beer and a lot of drugs in between. <laughs> <laughs> I,
4: I'm sure you did because I'm. That's I my feel girlfriend? Like... I thought that was your girlfriend.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. So is it the end of Sexpedition or <laughs> I guess so. Oh man, I'm almost sad to see it go. <laughs> <laughs> I know. God. Uh so Yuhiko, are you gonna stay on board or are you gonna ha- uh, to...
2: No you guys are getting into nerdy stuff, right?
0: we yeah, music and then nerdy stuff.
5: Music
2: yeah, oh. isn't nerdy. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm um Gonna hop off for today. I'm gonna just
0: is... go now. Yeah, yeah I'm really, gonna yeah, let myself
2: go. out here, but uh, it, it was nice chatting with you guys. Again. Back
4: out of the room slowly.
5: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you keep... I'm surprised you came back.
2: Yeah, oh, I'll be... yeah. Oh. yeah, and um, actually, no, I'll tell you guys later some other time.
0: Oh, what? okay, You're gonna keep oh coming, God. Right?
3: cliffhanger.
2: Cliffhanger, so yeah. yeah. I'm just doing this so you guys invite me back again.
0: Oh, <laughs> Lord. All right.
5: Well, we got to invite you back now because it was a cliffhanger.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're definitely coming back.
2: All right. Yeah.
5: Next
0: episode. <clears throat> All
3: right. For All right, sure. Cool.
0: All right. See ya. Uh,
2: yeah. See
0: ya bye bye. 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 <laughs> can oh, I pee? Yes, go oh. ahead. <laughs> Make sure we can hear it.
6: Oh, you want me to bring the laptop in there?
0: For the love of God, yes Okay
5: I'm I turn off my microphone, you guys aren't hearing about me
0: Oh It's the only
1: thing that keeps Andrew alive now
0: That shit was hilarious though
4: the, the other day, Maddie and I were talking or We were recording and I couldn't get to the bathroom I had a little jar in my room
3: Oh my yeah. God,
4: dude It was like, looking, what's his face? Howard Hughes in here God, Ram- f- rambling on about something peeing into a jar talking was, to
0: a, did you talking guys into re- a wall <laughs> you guys record episode two of camera noise yeah okay. yeah like we
5: have a pilot and then two episodes now
0: okay yeah. so pilot well, yeah. one yeah. is a pilot and then episode one and then episode two is about to come out yeah, yeah. okay that's fucking awesome yeah you guys were like you guys hit the ground running, like you were like it felt like a real podcast, like there was no buildup. like you were already like good.
4: Right on man. Like yeah. there was no
0: practice time needed.
4: Well we 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 had the we did it in Chicago for a while and like worked out like the little kinks. Yeah. And then and then like doing this and then um just after the first episode of Superhouse, uh when you're like, What kind of podcast do you listen to? And I was like, Damn, I haven't really listened to any in a while. So I just yeah. kinda of like trying to emulate the stuff that I like. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I have, I mean, we both have some really cool ideas, I mean, for all these. I think it's like, this This medium is so great.
0: And Hangouts, like, they make this makes it so much easier. God, I hear Johnson rustling around like crazy. <laughs> I'm back, man. But no pee. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't what? hear the flush, man. Oh, man. No. <laughs> you fucked up. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot Ray the letter. Huh? <laughs> <do. laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, so we're ready for Maddie's music. So this week we have uh, the album New Bermuda by the band Def Heaven. Take it away Maddie. Why'd you choose this album for this week?
2: Cause I fucking love this
0: band. Alright.
5: And and I wanted to know what everyone else thought about it, because I felt like the last conversation we had uh, when Israel was here, we talked a lot about, like, he would mention Death Heaven, but I didn't, like, dive into if he actually, like, knew who they were, if he actually listened to them. So, and it seemed like everyone else kind of maybe didn't know what we were talking about, but kind of understood maybe with the hipster metal uh, thing. So I kind of was just like, maybe you guys should like check this band out, see what they're like. This is their newest album. They have an album before this called Sunbather, which was I was introduced to. Yeah. is how I know about them. And then they have an album before that called Roads to Judah, which is also... All their albums are very good. I just thought this one, five tracks. Uh, I feel like it's... There's a lot more uh, metal influence on this one. It's not as shoegazy as Sunbather. Um, I was just wondering what everyone thought about it. I... I was really excited in 2015 for this album to come out. Um, I was looking forward to it. Uh, I thought the album art was great. Uh, I think every track on it's great. I, there's only five tracks, but they are very lengthy tracks, but I feel like there's so much going on in every track that it almost feels like it could have been a 10 track album just because of what's happening on every track. But uh, I just picked it because I kind of wanted to do, I have kind of threw out uh, this Maddie's music I kind of want to pick stuff that we'll kind of like and want to chat about because I feel like kind of the weirder stuff might not. I don't know. I just wanted to pick something I was really into. And uh, Def Heaven is one of those bands that I will always forever be checking out. And um, I think everyone knows how much I love them now. So I'm going <laughs> to give it up to everyone else to see what they thought of the album. And then we can discuss from there on.
0: What do you think, Stefan? Um, I really liked it. Uh. Oh God, seven. I mean, a lot on, of, yeah, for a lot <laughs> of the newer, a
4: lot of newer metal that's coming out, like the new wave of American metal, and this is um, these guys. I really liked Sunbather, but Sunbather, like, it didn't really, it wasn't like my favorite album. I feel like a lot of people like hailed it as like the best metal album of its kind that year, um, and I thought it was great, but it didn't really blow me away. But Deaf Heaven does like do a mixture of those, of like. Um, you know, like, different elements taking from different genres of metal. The beginning of it sounds like, you know, like, something Converge would make, and then it yeah. just goes into these, like, these really nice, like, peaks and valleys, and they still have just enough of that, like, kind of emotional, melancholy feel that you got in Sunbather um, to kind of make it, give it really, like, interesting dimensions, I guess. Um, I only did listen to it the one time, so I can't uh, immediately recall the track names, Um But I really like like the first three or the first two a lot.
0: I uh, so I'm going to say right now, I think this is probably the second best album that we've listened to in the Maddie's music section. And if you're just joining us for this, this is your first Superhouse podcast. We so far listened to uh, Mirker's M album, Deftone's Gore album, Liturgy's uh, what was that album name? The Artwork the artwork that was my number one favorite still is so far and now this is uh new bermuda by deaf heaven so <clears throat> i like this one second best and I, I yeah i like that i think i like the track baby blue the most and i do kind of like that shoegazy stuff but um yeah this is not something that i would listen to all the time all the time but uh i was i did like it yeah for the most part it was pretty good.
6: Did anybody else listen to it? Yeah, I liked it. I thought, <laughs> yeah, it? I mean, uh, I mean, like I thought it was more listenable than like the liturgy stuff. I mean, I liked it, but yeah. this was more something I would just throw on and like, you know, do some work to. It's kind of like mayhem with a melody. Yeah, yeah. you know yeah. how mayhem's just like hell ambiance noise. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
6: this this was cool. I like this
4: one. Good, good pick. Uh, yes. and these guys are kind of like pushing forward with this style of metal because it, it gets to points of being like really artful as well, um, and you know I think there's a lot for people to grasp onto. It's like in in the ways that it's accessible, it's or inaccessible, inaccessible. It's just as accessible. Because there's, like, you get these really, like, really, like, um, grindy, heavy moments of, like, cacophonous chaos. And then you have these, like, little sweeping breakdowns with these, you know, just, like, um, this, like, soulful, riffy guitar. Yeah, it's got this, like, indie rock kind of thing. You know, it's, like, it's a broader audience. And, and, you know, you guys were talking about uh, M that last couple episodes. And it's kind of that same thing. Like, I feel like it's it's allowing for a broader type of audience to approach metal. That's not just like, um, that's not just immediately like something overproduced or something that's, uh, ca- just catchy. And that's why people like it. Like you really got to, you got to put some work into sunbather and new Bermuda. Yeah. Um, but I think there's those moments for, for everybody <laughs> that kind of like, you know, like you know, the staring off into the, into the clouds kind of moments where you're, you know, kind of uplifting or melancholy or something. And I think that lends a new dimension to what people kind of their preconceived notions of what metal is.
3: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I
5: have a a friend who I was listening to sunbather a lot and she was like, this is really good. And she doesn't like metal like at all. And she actually owns a copy of sunbather. And when new Bermuda came out, she was like excited because she really liked sunbather. And then I would tell her stuff. I'm like, oh, I'm so excited because, like, some of the guitarists have said they put a more, like, uh, Slayer quality into some of the songs. And, like, I was like, oh, I can't wait to hear some of that metal. Like, what's this new album going to sound like? And, like, the more she listened to New Bermuda, the more she began to like it. But it took her a really long time. It was more just, like, driving around with me going to record stores. The first time she heard it, she's like, this is shit. This is the worst. Like, how could they make Sunbather and then make this shit? And I was like, no, it's really good. Like, you got to try a little bit harder to get into this one. But uh, I think Death Heaven is one of those bands that you kind of got to, like, get in there and just listen to it several more than once to, like, get what they're doing. Um, But I think it is a good bridge, a a good bridge to, if you're kind of interested in metal, to get to kind of the stuff that I feel like maybe Matt and Andrew and Stefan and I listen to because, like, we listen to more of. The heavier, like we can get pretty heavy at times. To well, one, one thing,
4: I, one thing I really like about this album, as opposed to Sunbather, is like I felt like I felt like Sunbather was like a um, a lot more of like an arduous journey than this one is. Like this one um, is really kind of the other side of the coin, but it's still like it somehow it's hard, it's harder in some points where Sunbather wouldn't have been, and it's softer in points that you know Sunbather hadn't been yet. Yeah. So I think you know, and the one cool thing about uh, Deaf Heaven altogether is they're set. They're they're pretty young, and so their sound is still like really young. So they're drawing from possibly like emo yeah. and pop punk, and you know, like that later punk. Like I hear a lot of Thursday and stuff, in in, in bands like this, or just you know, Glassjaw, where yeah. where there was this, you know, there was this kind of. It wasn't just like a poppy little pop punk like feeling sorry for yourself kind of thing. Like they're really. Putting rage and heavy emotion into that um, type of music, so you have like you have bands like Jar or whatever that kind of bridge that gap between being some you know kind of like love songs or even pop sometimes uh, yeah. pop song pop rock songs into being like really pretty heavy fucking you know not quite metal yet or whatever. So <clears throat> I think like as this band got older from whatever their influences are. You can kind of, you can hear those things in the, especially in like the riffier parts. You get kind of like a pop punk or like a thrice, kind of strumming, kind of technicality, yeah. and it mixes that up with like like black metal influences and stuff that are a lot more, um, kind of like organic, I guess, non-linear, just atmosphere.
5: Yeah, um, totally agree with uh, everything Stephen just said. Um,
4: yeah. and the, when they use, like, they, they use piano and stuff like that, they kind of, you know, like, same thing like Ghost Bath, where they marry these, like, classical, even, uh, kind of sounds to, Mer, uh, Mirker does it a lot, too. She uses, like, kind of a Baroque string instruments and wind instruments, um, to evoke an atmosphere of, of where that music kind of, like, rests in your mind, and with Sunbather, it's cool because it's, it's very, like, uh... It's very American, but it's it's filtering itself through these like black metal sounds. So you still yeah. hear you still hear fucking Metallica in there. You still yeah. hear Anthrax, you know, like you still hear all of what has made American metal really great and distinct in its own sound. But it's borrowing a lot from the the like Scandinavian um, influences as well as as well as you know other genres, art rock, yeah. post rock,
3: in yeah. Europe.
5: I feel like you you have this new generation of people making metal that have all these other influences like liturgy and death heaven and other bands that have all these they're younger than us or they're 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 the same age as us and they have all these other influences either it'd be hip hop or like shoegaze or you know indie rock or you know like we all listen to I mean I don't like mainly I listen to a lot of metal and stuff but I also listen to a lot of jazz and a lot of other things. And I feel like metal now or any genre, there's a lot more happening in music where they wanna kinda of push forward to what metal yeah. can be. And I feel like Death Heaven and a lot of these bands are kind of pushing that genre. And I think it I think it's great. I mean, you mm-hmm. should. Why 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 not? Like for right. better or worse. It could be the worst thing you've ever heard or the best thing. And someone's gotta do it. So either other bands can pick up from what they did and make it better or improve on what the band did before them, just kind of like early punk days. Like, who thought, like, punk would still be going at this point? Like, the, the different kind of genres punk is uh, kind of spawned after. So, I don't know, it's just a part of music, man. You just got to accept it and, like, find the new stuff and move on and love it's it or hate definitely,
4: it. it. definitely There's definitely an evolution um, taking place right now between like us uh, as metal kids and um, having like you know my favorite bands are like Pantera and Tool and Darkest Hour and you know they evoke they evoke a certain style which is called like the Gothenburg style and that's like a really riffy melodic kind of style um, but now we're starting to see an evolution of this type of music being taken more seriously, taken out of the fucking Vikings and Satanic kind of realm, and being being utilized to uh, you know, like in the artwork, there's that song that song vitriol that I haven't been able to stop listening to. And he's, he''s there is a very like spoken word quality to what he's saying. and he's starting to really like touch, you know, just the imagery he's creating is like social and political in some ways. Or, or, you know, calling on, on things of our civilization that are pivotal at this time. You know, it's starting to be uh, examined in a, in a more serious and artful way. But the best thing about metal is that it's always, it stems from these things that are, you know, they hit in like an either primal kind of visceral, uh, either an anger or just like a high energy kind of instinct that we have that makes it so fucking, you know, pumps you up so good. But now we can start exploring these different ideas, and it doesn't have to just be demons and angels and Vikings. Yeah,
0: I wanted to to speak on that. Like I mentioned in an earlier podcast, I think when we started doing this with the liturgy thing, I mentioned that there – it seemed like they weren't doing it out of anger or out of trying to be evil like a lot of american metal a lot of american metal seems to stem from just trying to be angry and swedish metal as well but then Mm -hmm. the norwegian finnish or whatever traditionally speaking anyway there's this desire to kind of have an evil sounding sound yeah just to sound evil for evil's sake but like when you when you listen to bands like this the, the the progression of this music and this genre feels like they're just making a hard sound like this metal sound just for the sound of it. Yeah. Not because they want to be angry, not because they are angry. Yeah. And, and not because they are trying to be evil or they are evil. It, they just like this sound. It's simple in that way.
4: Well, cuz then you start you start um expounding on conventions and stuff of what of what the entire gamut of different subgenres of metal have, you start to really st- you start, you know, like I really love the band Skeleton Witch, or no, not, um, sorry, meant, uh, Skeleton Witch, um, uh, so, uh, <laughs> X Mortis, this band X Mortis, and they play basically like power thrash, and they're not doing anything new, but it's because they're having so much fun creating and producing the type of music that they're making that they actually take some of these conventions and do clever things with them and flip them on their head and, you know, just play around with the timing of it. Um so it's like we're we're definitely in an age now where where, as that evolution takes place, it's it's we're unknowingly getting just these like wildly
0: uh, distinct and intricate pieces of music. It's a new take on it, and like yeah. like I, I I often wonder because we say like we've said several times like these bands like Liturgy and shit they're they're new right they're they're young. Yeah. And okay. I, I often wonder like I wonder if they're like uh wow, you know, it was f- cool that our parents were angry and tried to sound e- evil. You know, mm-hmm. I it, it probably I wonder if like making music and metal from like a evil place or an angry place sounds old to them. Oh and, interesting. and that's and I wonder if that's why interesting. They, they, they're like, Well, we're just gonna we're gonna make something heavy, but we're not gonna do what, what? our parents did.
4: It's the millennial take on 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 aggressive music, hard music, you know.
0: Yeah, and if you it, if you it, were you to mention like, hey, rock and roll, we're gonna we're gonna sort a revolution with rock and roll. Like I already sound old, right? So right. I I I wonder <laughs> I wonder if like angry metal and shit sounds so old to them. And also Joey is here. What's up, Joey? Yo, What's
7: going on, guys? Hey. how you doing? Hey. Joey.
0: We're in the music section as you can probably tell. Copy. <clears throat> Did you listen to Deaf Heaven? The New Bermuda
7: album? I listened to it a little bit. Um, I got so busy I didn't really get to revisit it, um, so I really don't have much to say. Yeah,
4: but it is really a great album. It's a really whole piece of music. They go. They they touch on a lot of interesting moments, and just the the composition alone of it is a pretty pretty. Great little achievement, you know what I mean? It's just like they could have easily just done a like a eight track, um, you know, nine minute a piece song, you know, whatever. But they they stuck to these longer, sweeping tracks, which they can explore how their instruments play with one another. Like the chemistry of this band is really, um, it's really on point, you know. And and the vocals are kind of sparse and if anything, I don't think there really are much vocals to this.
0: Right, is this band um, kind of considered like the forefront of like the quote-unquote hipster metal? I
4: think liturgy kind of takes that. uh that, okay. That does I, def-
5: I definitely think like Death Heaven is in that category. But, uh, of yeah, exactly, yeah, definitely. Like what they're doing. Um, a, a interesting thing I just read the other day. I was reading this article about Jack Shirley, who is – he's the uh, producer like – And they used this studio to, I think he did some and this album, but I guess track two, Luna, uh, they all did in, like, a couple of takes as a full band, which I think says a lot to them as a band because if you listen to that track, it's, like, it's pretty dope throughout, and, like, having the whole band recorded at the same time with vocals, it's, like, really shows their musicianship and, like, what they can accomplish. So even if the rest of the album is done track by track or, like, recording guitar first, drums last, whatever – you know, um, it really says that the guys are really thinking. Like this album's only five tracks, um, and something that bugs me—it's on two LPs. But you <laughs> know, I feel like they planned this album out, and it was going to be five tracks because this is like their major label—they're on Anti, Anti now, which they were on Death Wish before. So they're definitely stepping up their game and definitely interested to see what they do next if it'll be a shorter album like where this one was five songs will it be four will we get maybe like a normal 10 to 13 tracks on the next one it'll be interesting to see what they do because I think some is there is like seven to eight, eight tracks so yeah. for them to do seven to eight tracks and then go back to five for their major label is kind of a weird step I think for you know people who listen to music or if you're trying to get into a new band it's kind of hard to justify a Oh, should I pay ten to thirteen dollars for a five-track album? But it's like five tracks kind of like comes to this like as much music as there is. That's almost like a ten-track album by any other band. So you know, Deaf Heaven is a band that I will consistently listen to and see what they're doing.
4: And I think I think most metal fans are kind of prepared for that too. Prepared for like like really long tracks and a lot of that. That uh, I think that speaks to. Um, the the interest in like whatever bands you like, like Deaf Heaven or whatever, when you have these like, for me anyway, like when you have these longer songs, like that speaks to me, says something about, um, you know, how hard they've worked on this song or what it took to create such like a giant, because you could easily just have like droning, you know, filler. Yeah. They really, they really make use of all 10 of those fucking minutes, man. And that's a long time when you're playing music. Or yeah. even listening to it. Um, I very, mean, that, it, Yeah.
5: Yeah. I, I think that's something you can't do is like a new band. I think if you just started and this is your first album to make
3: yeah.
5: four songs that are 10 minutes long, yeah. it's like, I've just yeah. been listening to all, which is uh, four, fa- four phantoms, which is Stefan, by the way, a great fucking album. Once yes. I got some last album, yeah. I really fell in love with it. Um, but, like, you can't do that as, like, a brand new album, the first album ever done.
3: Yeah, possibly you know, not.
5: This takes, this takes like, um, either you guys have been playing for years and years and years and this is your first album, or you've been on tour, you've been going through this, you've been trying to, like, get the sound that you want, and I feel like that shows in Bermuda It's like, you know, we've been playing it for a long time, so we can make yeah. these, these
3: yeah. songs.
4: Make, their their make efforts really... And, their efforts really shine through and i think for me like what i just what i was trying to say was like sometimes when i pick up an album and i see that it's like you know 14 minute tracks or something like that that immediately impresses me it could be 14 yeah. minutes of shit but i'm just like dang i am kind of interested to hear what they did for 14 minutes yeah uh, especially if i like that band I
3: know.
4: it's always kind of it's always kind of nice sometimes depending on what type of band it is and like bands like these like I said, are very, I think, are well conscious of of um, what they're putting out there artistically and what their type of audience is uh, appreciating. And I think that's where that hipster designation comes from is because it's like, you know, say what you will about hipsters or what you think about hipsters. I think, I think our generation pretty much invented what people think are hipsters now. Yeah. Um, um, but, you know, like say what you will. there's uh, no matter how snooty or pretentious a hipster seems to be, they're always talking about something pretty interesting and and I think the direction that this album goes is is really interesting in terms of metal and and that's probably where their core audience lies because it's not like Andrew was saying it's not just about like being angry or you know or or trying you know being like telling f- telling the world to fuck off. it's it's very in tune with the world. it's very in tune yes. with who these people are, and uh, and that's the sound. And they've adopted the heavy sound, and that doesn't seem to have been a precursor to what they're trying to express. Which makes it's it like a, amazing.
0: It's like in a, I don't know. There's there's probably a music term for this actually, but it's it's like an experimentation with genre, and it's creating music just for music's sake, and not necessarily just to create music you know that comes from uh yeah. an emotional place in you whether no matter what the emotion is i think that there i think there's just an experimentation with genres that they've heard before yeah and a mixing yeah. of those for sure uh,
3: it's a, it's, a, right.
5: it's a pretty good album <laughs> yeah check it out
0: Ready to head into uh, nerd news? Nerd news.
5: Yeah, I'm going to bounce awesome. out for a second, but I'll be right back.
0: Oh, man. Okay, you need to come back.
5: <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Just a, just a pee break, but I won't. <laughs> okay. No okay. peeing on the microphone this time, though. So sorry. Oh, man. I'm going to take, take a pee break
4: as well.
0: Oh, my if God. The fans, oh, we to... if,
5: if the fans want it, the pee can come back. Just saying.
0: <laughs> Please tweet us about that. Um yeah so we're let's just start this section. So we I, wa- I wanted to talk about So this actually I was inspired from listening to Camera Noise, which is a Superhouse podcast uh s- spin-off podcast type of thing. And they were talking about X-Men Apocalypse, the the new trailer and the new movie and all that and their thoughts and they kind of talked about the X-Men movies in general. But I kind of wanted to talk about X-Men everybody's everybody's like uh experience with X-Men from the beginning up until now, and then we can end on talking about the X-Men Apocalypse trailer. Um, I personally probably had the same start as a lot of people, where I started watching them at the uh, with the 90s cartoon on Fox. Totally blew me away, completely blown away. And I think at the time, I was watching that and the Batman cartoon probably around, I think they ran at the same time. Maybe my memory is off, More or less. but yeah, and I think at the time I was more into the X-Men cartoon than the Batman one. there was something about being from the south and watching a a show about prejudice and B a show about evolution. And it just com- completely blew my ass away. And even when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I I really tuned in to these like bigger themes. And to see, like, I don't know if you call it like a postmodern superhero thing. I don't know what the term is exactly. But you have like these heroes that kind of don't want to be heroes and they don't even yeah. want their powers and there's prejudice. Like, that was a totally new thing for me growing up with like mainly Batman and Superman and stuff like that, yeah. Spider Man. And well, I think to one see... thing
7: we, had, we had also, yeah. uh, we had like Batman in various forms of like movies and TV shows. And whereas X Men, we didn't have anything. So this cartoon came out. Came out of nowhere. Came out of nowhere. And, like, I think blew our little kid brains, you know, against the wall. And, like, I remember, like, me and my buddy would, like, chat on the telephone. uh, You know, we couldn't hang out (laughs) at each other's house. And we would sing the uh, X-Men theme song to each other. Like, we just kind of got into it. It's like, it's so badass. It was great.
0: Yeah, and to, like – just have like the full team and like the action makes sense and like j- and again like the big themes and stuff like that and all the characters are cool like you know you know how wolverine is you know how gambit is you know what gene gray is like like the, yeah, ca- the characters right. are really like defined In
2: and the, i you yeah. know
0: and of course that theme song oh my god we've been seeing that theme song for 20 years now like yeah. <laughs>
7: I, Another thing we I, hadn't seen was yeah. the within the first episode, and you find out the second episode, a character dies. I mean, yeah, a character, morph. a yeah. character they that they, they made up for the television for this uh, cartoon, but still, like you, you had a character that was killed.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. A
4: cartoon. It was such. It was such, yeah, a, dramatic,
0: does it was does such come a dramatic. He uh, dramatic.
4: But... Soap opera too. It was so like everything was so pivotal. Um, for the lives of these, like, characters. Um, When I was younger, my brothers were in the the comics. uh, And so, like, I had, like, passing glances of, like, covers and pages and stuff like that. And I didn't really know what the fuck was up until I got a set of X-Men trading cards. Yeah. Uh, It was, like, the first series of those trading cards. And on the back, it had, like, stats for their powers and stuff and, like, how strong they were, their mental prowess and shit like that. And it had, like, little secret tidbits and stuff so i i was able to like have an encyclopedic view of all these characters and then the comic or the cartoon came out like right after that and then yeah i think like same with you guys i was pretty much hooked
7: i had like all the trading cards man oh they yeah really i had those they as well the... oh yeah, they're amazing
0: they are really good it was i don't know it just felt like this is this that was like marvel to me for the mm-hmm. longest time because i actually wasn't a huge huge spider-man fan and before that it was just batman for me so yeah. like that was like the first and even to this day i'd say even though the movies aren't quite as good as the avengers movies the x-men property as a whole is my favorite marvel property mm-hmm. um that's just me personally but in uh, terms of film or in terms of in, in terms general. of just well a nostalgia that yeah. cartoon and all that but b just the just the the comics and everything involved, and and some of the movies have been good. I mean, I I liked First Class and Days of Future Past quite a bit, and the first two movies were not bad. I mean, that yeah. Nightcrawler scene was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was trash. <laughs> you, you didn't like the Nightcrawler scene?
5: No, I do. I just don't think like I just those movies are. Just, anytime anyone talks about them, they're always picking out certain scenes that were really cool, but they never. For me, anyway, they never talk about the entirety of the film. And oh, I, like, I, I will know, not really say remember.
0: they're better than Avengers. I will not say no, that.
5: No. I, but I just, I, I can't just be like, oh, that Nightcrawler scene is cool. Or that scene where Wolverine, like, takes out some, those guards in the X-Mansion. Those are, like, my favorite scenes in those movies, and I agree with you guys. But as an overall movie, I could give a shit, you know? Like, yeah. I just don't I care it's... about those X-Men movies.
4: Yeah, I think the second one's the best one with that that uh, that select group of actors and characters. Um, I feel like, you know, by the time you get to that point where Magneto is, is holding the plane in midair and he's just like, I thought you guys lived in a school or whatever. Like, there was such a great build-up. I'll give Brian Singer credit for X2 for sure because for me that's probably like my favorite, I guess, of those first three. Um, but you know as much as it didn't hit the mark exactly in terms of like these these characters rec- being recognizable in that video I shared about like the color of their costumes and how color plays into them becoming iconic um, the first time you saw those cartoons for me my favorite part was just that there were so many characters like take your pick you know and it, yeah. it and it kind of like it kind of it expressed that individuality so there was an X-Man for everybody I'm like my favorite question to this day still is like what kind of mutant power would you have if you had a mutant power you know so it's like for me the movie is it's always like uh, i always love being able to see these powers be realized and stuff like that and there's a lot of things like i nitpick especially like i especially in the the newer ones you know even seeing what we know of apocalypse now
0: but uh I think that's that's another factor, actually, going back to the nostalgia thing for me. You have, like, I was maybe 11 or 12 when I first started watching this, like, just before puberty started to sit in, and there's a certain thing that X-Men hits about, are you a freak? Do you yeah. feel like you're fucking different? <laughs> we got a fucking place for yeah. you right here. It's called the yeah. x Mansion, bitch.
3: Think
4: about Rogue and Gambit, you know, that relationship there as, you, as you're like, a you know, and that, at that, that time, like we're budding like preteens and shit. So it's like, you know, we're starting to think about girls and stuff like that. And then, yeah, and exactly. Then, you know I mean, it kind of touched on things that you it, like What to speak to what Andrew's saying about, you know, that awkwardness of. Of of you know post adolescence um, that I think you know anybody who reads comic books it, you ki- that kind of happens at that age it's this you know you see a lot of comic book characters are these rites of passage into from boyhood into manhood and stuff like that
0: yeah like I think Spider Spider Man hits on this a bit and uh, I'm sure other comic book characters do but with the X Men you have these characters where they explicitly say you start getting your powers around 13. Yeah. Around puberty, yeah. that's when yeah, they show up. up. Then you're going to be a fucking freak. Oh, you were normal. Now you're a blue demon guy. Oh, and I'm sorry that you're c- Catholic. You know, and that, and that, that's fucking nightcrawler. Like that shit yeah. is fucking awesome.
7: Andrew, pretty, yeah. you know, the ultimate X-Men one-shot that you read with Wolverine, and that it takes place that one kid just like becomes like he sort of melts everybody around him as he oh, fucking, Yeah, you know, that, I jam- love that, that one. It's so good. Yeah, they basically said Wolverine out. Was like. You, to kill him gotta go yeah. yeah yeah that was amazing yeah
0: it was ambiguous uh, okay. but it's probably he probably killed him
7: oh definitely. Oh, no dude it's
5: like a snick at the end of it dude yeah. like yeah oh the is there okay. that's the only reason you send wolverine in man is to take care of fucking business uh, <laughs> that's um, i love that comic because the conversation him and wolverine has is like wolverine is like totally getting what this kid's going through like there's no point where wolverine's like bullshit 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 You know, like, I gotta kill you. It's like, he really empathizes with this kid, but there's, like, Professor X can't save him. No one can save him. Wolverine's the only one that can be there. And can Wolverine save him? Probably not. Like, can he... It's just such a good fucking one-shot, man. Like Yeah, it's great. There are moments in the X-Men comics that are just so fucking good, and I just... For the films, they just don't get there, ever. Like, they skirt around the issue, and they have to have their villains, and they have to have that bullshit you know that makes like a fucking like Hollywood blockbuster film
3: yeah well think like. let
5: me tell you
0: like my the biggest the biggest thing the biggest disconnect between the the films and especially the Brian Singer films and the comics for me and again if there's like an X-Men expert out there that knows the comics and all that I'm sorry but my main thing is that fucking cartoon it, yeah. it always yeah. has been that that Jim Lee X-Men that's my fucking X-Men those are my X-Men yeah. oh, so anyway yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, God, I forgot what I was gonna fucking say. <laughs> you were too oh, drunk for oh, this conversation. Oh, yeah, I've been drunk as fuck. Oh, but yeah, here's the thing. The biggest the biggest disconnect is the lack of like teamwork. Like I liked yeah. Days of Future Past. I really did. I thought that the the, the plot was intriguing and it moved along fine and I like I liked it. I had a great time. But you have just Wolverine and Beast in it. Like the X-Men are a team. I need those motherfuckers running up on Sentinels as a team and being like, "Oh, Beast can't handle this shit right now. Cyclops blast him. Oh, Cyclops can't handle that guy. Wolverine, go fucking handle it. You know,
3: Colossus." Yeah, dude, point. there's.
0: I was. I was reading Proteus. This. This is. I've been in X Men mood lately. There's a. Yeah. There's a thing in seventy nine Proteus written by Chris Claremont. Oh, there's yeah. this moment where fucking um, Col- uh uh Cyclops tells Colossus, "Hey, don't move," and then he fucking blasts Colossus, and then his blast uh reflects off of him and then hits some other guy. <laughs> cool. Yeah, like yeah,
4: like he's, you don't. You really don't. They don't. You know, as much source material as there is in the latest movies, you don't see them drawing from really any of it. We just see, in terms of action and set pieces and stuff, it's the same. It's the same type of, uh, you know, like background, play set destruction, shit we see in like every movie, and like it's just it's moments like that exactly that you just don't see enough of in these newer movies. And I think another thing. Um, is, like, when New X-Men came out, it really painted the picture of, like, the uglier side of being a mutant, you know? It wasn't all glamorous. It wasn't all, like, great powers that were useful, you know? Some people were straight fucked. (laughs)
3: <laughs> and and then
4: and you have these fucking yeah. mo- you have these models and these fucking like uh, you know these actors carved from stone just still portraying this like glamorous pseudo glamorous anti glamorous image of what it is to be a mutant. They may as well be fucking. It may as well be like uh, what is it? Jupiter's Legacy or something. You know, they're, where they're just like you know they they're just like super powered I mean, celebrities I mean, yeah. because it's so it's it's just too, it's so glossy and I think. You know, back to Brian Singer. Like Brian Singer is really Zack Snydering these movies up.
7: <laughs> well, go, going back to what you were just saying, Stefan. Um, yeah. I was kind of thinking, like, you know, I kind of grew up on the the X-Men cartoon, the Jim Lee X-Men. That's what really got me into it. And mm-hmm. what you see with those comics were definitely the superhero aspect. You know, they have the school, but they're always sort of in superhero mode. It's it's yeah. the it's the top ten top 10 guys doing, you know, going out and defeating a villain. Yeah, so Like totally. with the new X-Men and how the X-Men, have been, with the one that uh, Grant Morrison did, Yeah. and I feel like the ones that have been uh, coming out the past couple of years, they focus more on the students. Like the, yeah. a bunch of these new characters that are coming out, hey, these kids are going to school. Like Wolverine became like uh, headmaster of the uh, mm-hmm. uh, Xavier Institute for a little bit. Back in the new X-Men, you started uh, – Meeting these new characters, like Zorn became a teacher, and you know, Zorn yeah. ended up being like a villain. I think it was Magneto. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had, um, what's the guy with uh, Quentin Choir? He kind yeah. of was kind of, like this rebellious kid. And so it mm-hmm. focused more on the school, which I liked a lot as well, because X Men is about like the teenagers.
4: Yeah, you know, definitely. Cool. It,
7: does, it speaks to that, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I like. there's
0: that guy that's writing, that wrote The Fault in Our Stars or something, that's writing like an X-Men, like the all-new X-Men or Perhaps. something. What's right. that? I
4: don't want
5: it. Fuck John Green.
0: Oh. <laughs> is, that, is that
7: his name? Yeah, that's his name. I
5: don't, know who I, don't is. I worked at a bookstore.
0: That won't necessarily be terrible, I think. I mean, to go to the whole I, YA thing, as long as it's not the main, I don't know. I don't, I'm don't. i not immediately against yeah, it.
5: I just, I, I, it's, I, it's, I, He's just a teen novelist, and he's just like – all his writings, from what I understand, if you've seen Fault in Our Stars and any of that shit, it's very much like – I don't know. It's just like teen shit now, and it's like I don't want this guy writing (laughs) fucking X-Men. Well, and that – I, have like
7: I haven't read them yet, but yeah. I, I will definitely let you ma- know, Maddie. For it, it does, you know what it is? It's it, there's probably a
4: correlation with Jennifer Lawrence's character having so much screen time and her being so such a big part of that um, type of storytelling in film that it does really feel like you know Days of Future Past and Apocalypse are kind of f- fitting into that niche in terms of the way they approach these students. Um, you know, and again, it's like new X Men, and uh, just really, um, it just really like painted a, a pretty vivid picture of, of the hardships that mutants go through just in by their natural state of being, and where you could take that, what you could do with it, and you know, like what Andrew's saying too, is there's just like even from the cartoon uh, way back, like there's so much interesting, kind of like existential and uh, and Uh, interesting um, turns and character that you could approach from. And it seems like they're still going off a very base kind of uh, strategy of storytelling for the movies. Um, And you just, it's just like, I mean, for our generation, I think for the Jim Lee and Chris Claremont X-Men, you just are not, we just, this, it doesn't, it's not like, you know, people are, you know, if you talk to somebody young, who's like, well, I love the X-Men movies. They're great. I love mutants and shit. You know, it's like how it's like how it was uh, when the prequels were out, and for the last few years before Episode Seven came out, where you're you're trying to describe to these different generations of audiences like what these characters are about. Um, and we really don't have the bounce back from the the Jim Lee, Chris Claremont type of X-Men um, that you get uh, with like the Avengers or something, where there's like you can readily pick up. And see exactly what they're talking about right now. X Men is kind of swimming in this abyss of in in terms of like the the films. It's just it's like mostly anybody knows about the X Men is from the films. They don't have the cartoon reference, um, mm-hmm. and so it doesn't bother most people, I guess. But I think you know, geeks. It like bothers everyone. <laughs> well, like geeks <laughs> like us, you know, it's like easy. But it's just like it's almost it's like it'd be sad to think that they skipped over that 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 era of the X-Men and it seems like in, in Apocalypse they're trying to emulate some of the uniforms like Cyclops in particular they're kind yeah. of trying to copy yeah. it but it's still like it still must be the same costume designer because the cuts on the body are the same kind of yeah. like squared shoulders that the first uniforms had and dude I was
7: would you it.
0: want the yellow briefs on Cyclops? oh,
5: oh dude. yeah dude
7: I mean they, they did it job in first class with the costumes it's like what yeah, happened? yeah. Like, I, dude bad. those
0: yellow and blue costumes in first class were pretty fucking good yeah,
5: were also good. Uh, you know, in the cut it scenes of, it, the cut scene, there's an extended scene in the Wolverine where he opens up a case and it has a yeah. suit in it like the Wolverine yeah. suit we know the And new, it looks so yeah, fucking cool
3: yeah. and it's yeah. just
5: like you couldn't put this motherfucker in this suit for like two minutes like what the fuck
4: you know, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's like they're getting away with. It's like they're – you know, it's just like we're going to make the X-Men, and people are like, hell yeah, let's do it. And for the last fucking 20 years, they've been not making the X-Men. They've been coming yeah. pretty close. <laughs> you know, they've come close yeah. on a lot of That's fronts. the thing,
0: yeah. There's great moments, but, yeah, yeah. Th- that feel is just – it's just yeah. not there. Like, you they just don't – like they, they made Wolverine way too popular and also Mystique way too popular. Yeah. 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 It's like I – mean, yeah. I mean, I think they're feeling the like, with –
5: W- with Wolverine, he's always been a popular character, and I think it makes sense to make him, like, the most popular character. Right. But I-, I just wanted to go back and say something about days of future past. The future stuff, I was way more interested in than the past yeah. stuff. I would have really liked to see more Bishop and, like, those other yeah. characters. And, like, Wolverine in the future with the graying hair? Like, fuck yeah, <laughs> man, bring me that movie! It's also because uh, Wolverine still that.
3: Like,
4: Sorry, it's also because Wolverine still had Admantium Claws. Yeah, dude,
5: fuck Bone Claws. Like, who the like? (laughs) like, If there's anyone I wish death upon, it's the guy who was like, yeah, Bone Claws is a great idea. What is
4: his name? Andy, something.
5: Adam, something. That's not the Wolverine I grew up with. The Wolverine. I grew up with. He was implanted with those motherfuckers, and he has to live with them for the rest of his life until maybe he works them out of
7: him. Andy I Cooper think there's
0: also like man. this difference in the way X-Men were written. And again, I think Stan Lee and and uh, Kirby and Ditko and these guys, they keyed in on this with even Fantastic Four and shit with the Thing and stuff. But like, if you if you have like Superman and Batman, like being a hero itself is a burden. But what Stan Lee and these guys did was the powers themselves are a burden. And like, Cyclops can never look without his glasses. Like, they don't talk about that ever. And they, and like, Mm -hmm. Uh, Rogue can't, well, they keyed on this a bit, but, like, Rogue can't touch anybody, and, like, no wonder they want to be human, and, like, mm-hmm. this adds so much added drama to the X-Men, no wonder we're in our fucking 30s, we watched this shit 20 years ago, and yeah. we're still fucking talking about it, like, this yeah. writing was so fucking good, you got a Catholic that turned into a demon, like, yeah. It's fucking genius. It's fucking, it's the best thing ever, and they're fucking, they're fucking it up. Yeah. It it certainly seems that way.
4: I'm hoping with Apocalypse that they, I don't know, it's really hard to tell, because it's like, it's it still looks like the the same thing, you know, I feel like with every X-Men movie, they're, they're making promises that they, you know, like, the X-Men movies now are like politicians, like, they just, they have this big campaign, and then when you finally get them in office, it's like it's not anything that you w- thought it was going to be and i feel like you know these movies just have like vague glimpses into what it is that we love and i'm sure what most people love about the x men even now the way that they're going about um you know i mean it's comic books or whatever but uh, the new wolverine being x23 or whatever like she's still wearing a throwback version of that you know that 90s costume the that series, wolverine wore yeah, world, yeah. And so it's like, yeah. you know, there's still, there's still, it's not just our generation. I think, I would hope not, you know? Um, but, but it's really like, you don't hear the outcry quite. I mean, I guess you do. A lot of people do. I think when, when we first saw Apocalypse, people were calling him
0: Ivan Ooze and shit,
4: yeah. which is, which is fucking spot on,
0: <laughs> you know? And it's, you know, what people, we... people are taking a big shit on that Apocalypse, but yeah. I do like, I like the way he's now delivering he those lines. Better yeah like the, the way the way what's his name uh poe dameron oscar, uh, isaac. oscar isaac yeah the way he's delivering those lines in that trailer i i like that like i yeah. think he's he's kind of like he does sound really menacing and shit. so i mean yeah. i know you guys like kind of shit on him and camera noise but personally i think i think <laughs> wow. i don't know how the movie's gonna be but I think he's going to be okay. is
5: my draw to this fucking movie, man. I'm going to see <laughs> X-Men Apocalypse because Oscar Isaacs is playing yeah. Apocalypse. I love
0: the yeah, thing. Yeah. You
4: know, my, draw, my draw on these new ones has been Professor X from the beginning. He's think, been great. Yeah, McAvoy. He's McAvoy. he's the fucking Ewan McGregor of this series. You know, he's just like... Yeah. I mean, Michael Fassbender's been great too, but I feel like uh, the writer's understanding or what they're trying to do with Magneto, like by immediately making him like... You know, I mean it seems like his ideology is confronted, but also at the same time it seems like apocalypse is just like mind controlling them. And yeah. that that kind of bums me out. I'm like, fuck that dude. He's the second most powerful mutant in the world. Yeah. You know, and his and, and his, his powers nice, his, and too. his powers aren't like like a mental manipulation. His powers are more external and physical, but he's always been able to stay up there intellectually with Professor X and whoever else. And so I feel like, you know, it's like by turning these characters into zombies as the Four Horsemen or whatever, which they were in the comics, but it wasn't Magneto, it wasn't Psylocke, you know. Um, yeah. But hopefully they do something more uh, dynamic with that kind of thing because I think, you know, if you have Michael Fassbender on contract do your movies, man, use him. Same thing with James yeah, yeah. McAvoy. James McAvoy has been such – like I I don't even care if he's bald. Like he's been – Such a good Professor X, even in Days of Future Past, which I shit on a lot. But you know, he—that's definitely been like the main draw for me because it's this guy like holding together this team of misfits that don't even want to be around each other. You know, that
0: (laughs) moment whenever he keys in on Magneto's memory in First Class. Yeah, it's one of the best fucking moments in the fucking whole sixteen whatever fucking movies we've (laughs) got.
4: Yeah, when he gives him that memory of, of the, it's like the birthday cake or whatever. I forget, like a candle. And then he cries. Yeah. Hanukkah, Hanukkah or whatever. And he's like, you know, yeah, the tears drop, and he's like, "Thank you for that, my friend," or whatever. Yeah. It's just like, oh, you know. And then you no. jump to the jump to the chess scene. A couple. Uh, sorry, Maddie. You jump no, to the no, chess no. scene, and then and then you know, it's like they've been hiding that conflict, hiding the conflict, and it's been there ever since. Fucking Professor X saved his ass from drowning. I feel so like good. this is like
5: like through the like this conversation I'm like I, we've had this many times it's always I like this moment from this X-Men film and this moment and this moment and this moment and it's I don't feel like this should be an X-Men film for like us you know maybe it's, not well because it's like we're just picking moments from these certain films that we really enjoy it, we we don't sit there and go oh yeah X-Men 1 was fucking tight as shit you know uh, I'll like, say it about X-Men 2 I mean, but you have problems with it. Like, I want an X-Men film where I go, hands clapped, we're done. That was the best (laughs) thing I have ever seen in my entire life. Like, when I watched Winter Soldier, I literally got up from that film and was like, oh shit, they made the best Captain America they could have made. Yeah, yeah. uh, yeah. like the same thing with Deadpool. Like, Deadpool was a fucking solid film. And I don't feel like they'll ever like, with Bryan Singer at the helm, they'll never get to that point with the X-Men. (laughs)
3: <laughs> and, you know,
5: and, and you know Civil War from what everyone's saying And I'm trying not to like read anything Besides what like If I'm like at work and TV's telling me That it's fucking phenomenal I feel like after Civil War I'll be like Oh shit, Russo Brothers just did it fucking again And Brian seems like how many years to do this shit It's just like It blows my mind yeah. that he hasn't made Like a solid X-Men film like, well, think... <laughs> And I'm, fi- I'm fine with all the preachy shit About like Oh we're different, we're mutants But like he just hasn't got there for me for X Men like. Well, those, they're you always, look the, like Matthew Matthew there always. was like Matthew Vaughn. Matthew There always was that message
0: though. Like there was a message no, yeah, no, in X Men like the social strife, the racial struggles yeah. of the sixties and shit. No, no, that's where that came from, and they they change it over to like the LGBT thing for modern yeah, audiences yeah, yeah. because the racial strife thing is look, it's still going on, but it's not how it was in the 60s, right? Yeah, no, like, so,
3: I,
4: I do mutant and proud. <laughs> yeah,
0: I told yeah you and, and Brian that. Singer being yeah, gay it, but, himself, like, there's something to be said about that. But, yeah, I yeah. wonder, like, other than, like, saying this is, like, uh, analog for the LGBT community, like, now we have, look, again, it's still going on, but it's gotten it's a shitload better. They get married yeah. and all this. But, yeah, it's like do they need this analog anymore or can, should it just be like prejudice in well, general or like how exactly could they do that for the it's, X-Men it's, of this generation? The, the only problem with
4: that is that it's <laughs> only speaking to one particular aspect of this universe. And, and I think with anybody who gets into conversations about the X-Men movies, which we all have, it seems like numerous times with each other continuously, um, you find that
5: this is never going to stop.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well and, and that's good too. It's again like yeah. what Andrew's saying, it like speaks to the power of these characters and these stories. This is a this is a modern mythology that we take from and has done something for our lives. So like you know, it's it's kinda comes back to that, you know, the book was better kind of thing. Yeah. Um yeah, it was okay, the book was better. But um but I, I really say. Yeah, go ahead.
5: Uh, I really think X-Men would be a bad, like, we all always go back to the television show, how much we love it, how much it was, like, a part of our life growing up. I really think X-Men would do justice being, like, a Netflix series or something, because you can tackle these issues that Brian Singer always wants to tackle in every film, but you can also be like, oh, cool, we had an episode of that issue about how being mutant is so different from everyday life. But then the next episode, like kind of like in Daredevil, can be just a fucking great action piece where you're like, oh my god, that was one shot. And he just fought all those fucking dudes. Wolverine yeah. just came out of that fucking robot, and like, he was torn up. He's all bad. <laughs> it's like, dude, I would love that shit, yeah. but I just don't yeah. feel like there's enough time to do that in a movie because you have to balance 15, 16, 20 different characters well, consistently between that, it's, and it's, it's – it's you because, know, I mean, maybe in a better director's hands, we would have a better X-Men movie, but, well, it's, you it's,
4: know. it's really, it boils down to the actors that they're using because if they're spending all the money to get the actors that they have and it's a majority of their budget to get A-list actors that are, you know, kind of on the middle to lower rung of the A-list at yeah. this point, so they have to, you know, they're, they're, they're thinking about the screen time that each one of these characters is going to get, and it's just like, you're not paying for your stuntman to take up most of the screen time or a piece of CG, like, what you're paying for is Jennifer Lawrence and James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender chit-chatting with one another. Chit-chatting, basically. And so, it's like, you know, I agree with you, I think, by using possibly, like, you know, maybe for the the younger mutants, like, kind of what they do now um, is using, like, you know, no-name talent unknowns or, like, TV actors to play the smaller roles. I think that part of the strategy is been pretty well done but um you know they do focus a lot of time on the mystique character when she was just as superfluous for a very long time as like you know a mojo character was you got them you got those characters and the side stories and stuff but the the more pivotal stories you know we really haven't gotten the development of man possibly with apocalypse but we really haven't seen the, the development from when Professor X and Magneto were friends to, to where they're, where they're stark enemies. You know, You we've gotten, we've gotten, well, I guess I can't say that because the first class you get that or whatever, but you haven't really seen them battle it out in the streets of New York, you know? I think we will
7: get this in the new film.
4: Yeah. I really hope so. Cause it seems like it. Yeah. And they're in, they're in Egypt, which is, you know, I mean, it, it looks, it looks cool to me. And I, I we do do a fair amount of shitting on it and, it's easy to blame things on Brian Singer, but he's not really the only one involved. Um, I think it's like it's just this, this topic that comes up. It's like a touchy subject for us obviously, to talk about the X-Men and it's really hard when, when these big movies are, are extended out to the, or made for like the broad audience when you know that's I mean thats it, it speaks to just like like the comics haven't gone anywhere, you know We always have those and uh and ho- hopefully one day we'll get that that big giant battle scene with the sentinels and wolverine in the cool costume and cyclops and is communicating orders and shit like that and gene gray yeah. you know it seems it's like they need scene avengers moment
1: exactly
5: i've been waiting so long to see wolverine in a fucking costume it just like blows my mind like after i saw that deleted scene i was like are you fucking kidding me you've had this shit in the works forever and you could that looks fucking cool as shit and like there's even a photo of him in it and i was like
3: this looks fucking
5: cool
3: man
6: you're telling me for the (laughs) love of god Uh you're telling me this costume has existed
4: for two hours
5: i don't want much I just want Wolverine a fucking costume. I want him to fight a sentinel. I want him to be battle damaged at some point, and have yeah. his mask off and look, be like, pop up out of some concrete and be like, oh, here I am. And you're like, oh, shit, Wolverine was doing his shit. That's Hugh, Jackman,
0: I'm Hugh Jackman suggested that Tom Hardy be the next Wolverine. And I, I, I was like, was damn. Oh, okay. How the Steph? fuck have I not thought of this? Yeah. He's short, he's hey, burly I'm... as hell, and he can you know? fight like a motherfucker like we all know.
3: See? My
5: only complaint is, his lips are too pretty.
3: <laughs> he has like the most gorgeous true. lips. Like, I'm a, just, like, what, I, I'm
4: hey, trying to do an illustration. Gorgeous lips are gorgeous. Lips, like, oh, I, I've always wanted to kiss Wolverine. He's my hero, yeah. Right? I, I, I need mean someone with the thin upper. Like
5: a, a bottom lip that's a little bigger. That's your you – know? I don't know. Are you kidding me? If Tom Hardy was like, I'm going to be Wolverine, I, I'm like,
1: are you I, fucking kidding me? This I, is the best I, day of my life. I,
5: <laughs> I, I've, 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 <laughs> yeah, I just think I some, some, that. someone else can play Wolverine. I'm not – Well, Me Matt and Matt Stefan is, had a conversation about – I think Joel Egerton would be a good one, and then Stefan said
4: right. – I said Luke Evans. Um,
5: I
0: looked who he was. I looked up who he was. Uh, actually, after yeah, I well, there's to that. we were.
4: I was watching the trailer for a movie called High Dive with um, High Rise, fucking, High Rise, high oh, rise sorry, sorry, High Rise with the fucking Loki in it. Um, Tom Hiddleston and. and luke evans is in and i haven't actually seen him in too many things but he has like a mustache and like mutton chops and shit and it's like it's got this weird sense of style but there's like a moment in it like you glance at him like he'd be a fucking great wolverine yeah he like um... looks
5: at the camera in this kind of like evil kind of way at this point in the trailer and i i I feel like that's the moment Stefan saw and i was like oh shit when Stefan said that that's the immediate image i was like but, oh my God, if you put him in a fucking Wolverine costume, yeah. that's fucking Wolverine.
4: For me, that's exciting. I mean, just the idea, like, I love Hugh Jackman. I think his Wolverine's been great, but I'm yeah. not at all against change. I think, no. like, try something out, you know, especially now that you have a new crop of younger mutants who are Gene, Cyclops, Storm, uh, uh, who yeah, are might But Wolverine shows up in this one. Uh, he does, he does, but those actors are still young, you know, and depending on what happens with the X-Men franchise, it's going to continue on. And, and and as long as he sticks to that commit or sticks to what he says about not being Wolverine, which I think actually, um, I forget what executive, who the big executive at Fox is, but they were just like, he's always going to be Wolverine. I don't know what people are thinking.
1: No,
0: he's <laughs> um, got one left. He's doing he said, Wolverine uh, 3. That's what he
4: says. I, 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 I don't have the article on hand, but one of the producers of the X-Men films, I forget who was basically. Is it
7: Avi Arad?
4: Yeah, uh, yeah it might have been Avi Arad. Um, Avi Arad being, you know, just like, you know, why would he? Why would he not be Wolverine? And I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens in at least the next five years with these films, and especially after the next Wolverine.
7: Well, you guys Um, have heard about the X-Men TV series, right? There's, like, two in the works from Fox. The young adult thing? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's, like, one's based off uh, Prometheus is the main character and the one from FX. And then the Fox one is centered around the Hellfire Club in, like, the 60s. Right, right. Which it's is weird, like, cause I
0: wonder weird. if like the new generation of kids is all like, oh, the X Men, they're always in a period piece, right? Like <laughs> yeah, this, right.
5: this is not he, right. Period he, being in <laughs> the 90s. Oh my god. Change this. Fight,
4: that Hellfire Club shit sounds like Gotham to me. You know, it's like I'm sure yeah. there's gonna be fun stuff because it hints at, it hints at the X Men, it <clears> hints at Batman. You know, like it touches kind of on it. Like it's such a tease. This shows. Like I hope, I hope they're good and do something really good with in terms. I mean, as long as you have mutants, you're pretty safe
0: um the the rumor mill has been going pretty strong lately now that marvel has taken the inhumans off of their slate and they're they're wondering if they're going to do a similar thing that sony did where fox Mm -hmm. will give them the x-men and they might even do avengers versus the x-men they'll do that line and that would be fucking huge but like who knows what's gonna happen with all that? This is years yeah, down yeah. the road, but well, we're happens. talking like after Phase Four and shit, probably. Like, yeah, just, who just, knows what? And,
1: and that stuff, I actually feel it's like less likely since reason they got Spider-Man back because Sony was in dire straits yeah. and needed the money. Uh, but like, even though like yeah, we have a lot of problem with the X-Men films. They're still doing really well for them. Deadpool doing really well. Like oh, Deadpool, the only thing, yeah. the only thing that hasn't done well for them have been Fantastic Four. Uh, but it's, like, they're yeah. doing a lot better than Sony has. Where uh, another thing with, like, the the Spider-Man movie coming out, I read that, like, it's Marvel that actually has had most of the creative yeah. control in that film. So I'm like,
4: oh, so it would actually be a good Spider-Man movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, DC- yeah. Or Disney, Disney has, you know, such a foolproof formula right now with how they're mm-hmm. handling – their Marvel franchises and Star Wars and everything. It's like, yeah. you know, they're the big boys at the plate. And and what's what's really great, I think what's really interesting is now after Deadpool, having some fun in the X-Men universe and everything not being so serious, um, and then them announcing Cable and them announcing New Mutants as a film. Yeah. And X-Force.
0: That's, yeah
7: give me all of that please yeah, yeah. You know?
4: like, especially that
0: in that r-rated people. universe whatever the it fuck they have it's, it's all yeah. it's all
4: it's all the it, and those are very closely tied to the core top tier mutants that we know you know whether or not we get what we get from them is satisfying or not we're still having like kind of like all the co- all the cool mutants can kind of come through the back door now yeah figuratively True. speaking
0: and I'm sure all the Fox execs were like, "Are you kidding me? We've been sleeping on Deadpool this long? Right? Yeah, shit's like shit's happening now. It's well, not, no, like, not. going to be that's what I'm saying. By. It's
7: like you have an entire like catalog of characters that you can play around with. Stop making up new ones. There are already ones that exist. Especially in the stuff X-Men
1: using every single time. Like, yeah, I, look, I love he's a crutch at this point. But like,
7: but like, yeah. We can, I think at this point we we've had enough of Wolverine. We can let him kind of go on his, and do his own thing. Um, maybe he kind of shows up like he did in uh, what was it? Was it uh, was first it class? First cl- no, <laughs> yeah, first class. And there he's like, Fuck yeah, no. just
4: for me. Yeah, it's like yeah. we're the it's like we're the students, and we've learned all that we can from from Headmaster Wolverine. It's time for yeah. us to go out there <laughs> and fucking save the world. You know what I mean?
7: Exactly. Yeah. Like, just God, Wolverine I do his X-Men. own thing.
0: What would you guys, I know this is a really standard question, but what would you say your favorite X-Men is? Do you have one?
7: X-Men character? Yeah. Okay.
5: Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go. Uh, I'm just going to have to say Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. It's like a lot of people's <laughs> favorites, but yeah. there's one comic, shut up, Stephanie. i <laughs> say <laughs> <laughs> Uh, There's one comic I got early, like, in my younger – before, like, when I would just, like, trade – like, kind of draw stuff from comics. And there's a comic where Wolverine fights a werewolf, which kind of took my, like, love of comics and my love of horror and kind of combined it into one. Yeah. And that comic has always stuck with me. And then I, like, read other stuff where he's, like, in Vietnam and stuff like that. And for me, he's just a character that's always stuck with me. I know a lot of people don't like him, and he's, like, overdone, but – He's just, like, a solid for me. Like, if I pick up an X-Men comic, I always like to see Wolverine. Like, in the new X-Men Apocalypse trailer, I was so – like, the part of me that didn't want Wolverine to be in this when those claws popped at the end of that trailer, I
2: was like, oh, fuck it! I
3: was
5: like, no, so excited for it. But I was like, no, no, you're better than this. Don't. But it always comes back. I really like his character. I think he has a lot of depth. I think – You know, some of the side stories, like the the one-off, like, kind of werewolf story, then, like, the Vietnam story, and then kind of, like, old man Logan stuff. Like, I really enjoy these kind of one-shots with Wolverine, and even when we were talking about earlier, the one where he has to go in and kill this kid, does he, like, I feel like there's a lot of depth to him, and he's just kind of put into this category of, like, he's just a killer, but is he more than that? I, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of depth to him, and when someone writes him really well, he can be a really great character but i also feel like he is the go-to character for most people and i kind of like i hate to say that that's like my favorite character like i want to be like oh banshee's my favorite character
3: and
5: i I don't give a shit about banshee (laughs) no that's
0: perfectly perfectly valid but i'm
5: just Um, to say it um that's my pick man
1: Yeah, actually, it's probably mine as well because, like, much like you guys, I grew up with the Fox X-Men cartoon, and the first real comic that I got into was – my grandparents got me The Essential Wolverine Volume 1, which was his first standalone comics, like the first 20 or 30 issues. So just – I would read that thing over and over again. It's about him in Madripoor and his times in there, and, like, that was stuff that they never touched upon in – you know, the cartoons, even, and him dealing the, with stuff going there.
7: Is that the Mark Silvestri ones where he's like, uh, he like runs into the, the Wolverine like robot with the little girl? Uh, I think that might have been like
1: the later uh, ones that
7: I remember reading like
1: volume two and yeah. three that you had, oh, but like the early ones, you know, about him being patch and then like, oh, yeah, yeah. okay, gotcha. yeah, yeah. like that bar. Yeah, yeah. And, well, like, there's also, like, a great moment, too, where uh, halfway through the series, he's, like, jumping out of an airplane. He's, like, finally putting on his actual costume. Everyone else <laughs> is like, oh, thank God you're finally putting that on. They're like, wait, what? Like, you knew I was Wolverine the whole time? It's like, yes. No one <laughs> thought
7: Patch was a good costume, but we did want to tell you because you would have fucking killed us. <laughs> and that's one thing I loved about Wolverine, man, is that he – And yeah, he's he's my favorite, too. Like, he's mm-hmm. – He's gone to Mandalore and like he's been like a, a ninja. He's been a samurai. He's been like, he's been a, a, a he's been Patch, which is like a little a gangster. You know, he's he's been in the all the different wars: World War II, Vietnam. Like he's like, he's kind of like a he, – he's almost like a jack of all trades. You know, even though he's basically sort of the same character, he just fucking runs around, drinks beer, and always dating beautiful, <laughs> you know, beautiful women. But you know, he's he's just a fucking badass
4: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stephanie um my heart says professor x and my dick says gambit wow <laughs> wow you want to fuck gambit huh <laughs> well oh.
5: i understand
0: bro
4: it's,
5: uh,
3: it's
4: Expedition part two it's
3: that
0: it's that <laughs> accent i
4: get it i meant more personality wise like uh but whatever um, you know like gambit is like rock and roll you know what i mean like gambit is fucking like the suave never has anything like he's so slick you know this thief in the night and he's going after the hottest piece in the entire run of the comics you know and there's some hot chicks in here but i think rogue takes the cake uh southern belle in that realm but uh, you know it's like i think for me like the whole idea behind what the X-Men R started with Professor X, and um, I recently started went back and started reading, like, from X-Men number one uh, and into the Uncanny comics, you know, getting collections and, and whatever. Um, but just, you know, like, Professor X having to calculate all these moves, and they really put emphasis on this in the in the early Uncanny comics. He just having to, like, move his pieces like chess, you know, and that comes up a lot with him and Magneto. That's um, awesome. You know, and it's just like it's and and if you think about it, like all these characters are they all have their purpose you know, Wolverine is the rook. Cyclops is the knight. Jean Grey is the queen. Storm is the fucking bishop, maybe. I don't know, whatever. But, you know, it's like he has these game pieces and all he can't control a single one of them, but he knows where their strengths are. And that's how he, get, he unites the team. Um, and then in terms of Gambit, you know what I mean? He's just that wild card. He's almost the opposite of what Professor X is, you know, he never really relied on his powers. They were just part of something that, you know, he hid them a lot too. He had to be like sleight of hand. He had to be, uh, deceptive. Um, and and he's like, he's a great anti-hero. And I think, yeah, like, I mean, Wolverine is always, you know, he's, he what embodies the X-Men for a lot of people, but he's kind of, because he became headmaster, um, eventually, you know, it says a lot about, um, his role in this entire universe of characters because it's kind of like not Cyclops who takes the torch when you think Cyclops is like the right-hand man to Professor X the protege um, it really passes over to Wolverine a lot easier and you know that's like Professor X is the first generation Wolverine is our generation and then we're starting to see a new crop of characters come up, and you know, Deadpool might be the headmaster of next generation. <laughs> I,
0: don't, I don't know about
4: oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steph, like, if you're a big yeah. uh,
7: Gambit uh, guy, what do you think about the... What do you want to see in a Gambit film?
4: Um, not Channing
7: Tatum. <laughs> not Channing Tatum? <laughs> not
4: Channing Tatum. I don't have anything really against Channing Tatum, but possibly like the same... Uh, argument maddie has about tom, tom hardy like i feel like i feel like um channing well channing tatum just like it's a little too baby face for the image that i have in my head for gambit he's, you know there's, he's, too, he's too
5: big in my opinion like he's i, I always imagine gambit is a sleeker like muscular yeah. guy
3: i like, just
4: feel like channing tatum's just going to be kissing at the camera all the time you know what i mean yeah and, uh, yeah and and i don't know there's there's who was i thinking i actually thought to be honest i thought tom hardy would be a good gambit yeah, i mean really? he, he's, he's kind of thick but we've seen we've seen him thin down or whatever in terms of stature but he can play think about his character in fucking um, inception like he was really super suave as that character but he was yeah. also like a fucking badass you know and you know like i think he i think there's you know there's always like better dream castings and i'm actually excited to see channing tatum as gambit i'm excited to see a gambit movie I think it's kind of a crazy misstep because he's, you know, as cool as I think Gambit is, like, he's really not the leading character. He kind of, he's holding up the, he's holding up the background a little bit. You know, he's good in a clinch. He's super quick. He's got ninja moves. Yeah. He's always got some quippy to say, you know, he's always criticizing the, uh,
0: and like him, him and Wolverine That's, at... so I read something about that was really great about Gambit. Like, the, yeah. like Wolverine is always kind of going against what most people say. say uh-huh. But you kind of always know where Wolverine stands. Like he's yeah. very like he's kind of easy to read. But Gambit, like you don't know his yeah. whole story. He's more mysterious and. And like you, like and Wolverine hates that. Like he, he want, He's like, you've never been straight with us, Cajun. You know, shit yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it, it drives him insane. And the, like but it. then at the very last second, and maybe even Gambit himself doesn't know that it's in him. But it, he'll fucking pull through. Yeah. yeah. You know, he, I, I, he'll surprise a whole fucking team. Like, oh shit, Cajun pull through. Yeah. Can't believe Gumbo been, did that. Like,
4: it's always in and it's either it's either he's driven by his love for rogue, which he can never have, and he's the, he's always up for a challenge, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he fucking that's why, you know, like in, in the more in the more the Jim Lee age, like Gambit for me really kind of took the cake. He was just so fucking cool and then like speaking to his power, um you know It's a cool I always, fucking power. It's a cool power. I always say that I would have uh, telekinesis, like a Gene Grey kind of power, be able to lift things. Um, but, but Gambit's power is so, you know, it can be so devious at times. He can fucking, he can fucking charge a pebble and just throw it in your hand and, you know, you're unbeknownst to you and it fucking blasts you in the face. You know, it's just like, he he can do so many conniving things with that. And I think the cool thing, the interesting thing about his character is like teetering on that line of mysteriousness. And, and I kind of dig that, you know, where like you guys are saying with Wolverine, he's, he's a lot more straightforward because he's kind of that, you know, he's like, He's kind of that man's man, kind of like, us, when I say something, I speak the truth and I keep my word,
3: kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, like that, but, yeah.
4: But Gambit's, Gambit's navigation of the rest of the world is a little more um, uh, devious and possibly manipulative, you know, which I think lends an interesting dynamic to that character. For sure. And that fucking jacket, yo. <laughs> yeah, his design is
0: fucking awesome. Yeah, I think my favorite characters—it's kind of a toss-up between Cyclops and Nightcrawler. Again, like I said before, oh, yeah. I like—I nice. like Nightcrawler because I've, I've always been attracted towards like tele- teleportation. Maybe it's the desire to travel in that me is. or something like that. But like, if I could like teleport to China and have some noodles for lunch, and then <laughs> you know teleport uh, to fucking France and have some—I don't know—some soup or some shit for dinner and be at home the next second, like, I always loved that. And I'm sure The Flash could do that and all that, too, but there's something about just popping in and out with, like, basically no effort. I love that. And his backstory as far as... You
7: got that sulfur smell, though.
0: Yeah, the sulfur smell, yeah, the brimstone and all that. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Also, like, him, the whole, like, Catholic story and him looking like a demon and all that, him dealing with that, I think that's great. And then with Cyclops, you have, like, especially how he how wolverine relates to him like wolverine especially in the beginning doesn't trust him as a leader he's like you're too soft he comes off as vanilla Mm -hmm. he's like he's just fucking like uh, meat and potatoes or whatever but then like cyclops will he will stand up for himself and like if wolverine will push him even for a second he'll be like i can take these glasses off bro you know it's like that and there's even that great moment in astonishing x X x-men that Uh, joss whedon wrote where the 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 sentinels are storming the mansion and he was he says in one panel i'm gonna tell you something logan i want these guys off my lawn and the next panel's all red and then the next panel is like they're all (laughs) destroyed and then logan wolverine says you know what scott every now and again i see why you're in charge yeah (laughs) and it's just like Fuck, that is the shit right Man. there. That's, that and then one... you got like Cyclops and again, like I haven't read it, I'm going to read it soon, but like this whole Cyclops was right movement with yeah. from the Avengers versus X-Men. Like Cyclops inhabits this space in between uh Professor X and Magneto where he he's somewhere in between those extremes. Right. Nice. And he's he's found this kind of like his his own way of handling, you know, like what you said Stephen navigating this universe. Yeah. And I think I, I like that. He, like again, he comes off as soft, but he's not, bro, you know? I, yeah. I like that. I like that like he don't he's, mistake my kindness for weakness type of thing. He's
4: he's truly unsung in the newer films and um you know and it's like it's he kind of has inhabited that like Superman role that we're getting in the DCU films, you know? It's just kind like, of vanilla. Yeah, kind of vanilla, but he's like we're we're perceiving that as being like a villain character right now. Um yeah. you know and, and if you think about like when we first saw Cyclops and that dynamic between um, Wolverine and even Professor X, the way that the, that kind of trinity of relationship worked out was there was a balance there, and and, and now like the balance is not really, you know, the ba- it's not even a balance anymore. Like you know the way that Wolverine has inherited some of that leadership, Cyclops has inherited as Magneto, and it's the same story. They're they're friends, you know, that have gone through these waves of opposition and you know underlying that is the shape that the x-men universe takes so i mean it's actually like throughout this conversation just thinking about that it's 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 really really quite interesting the way that their story has played out if you think about the earth x comics and and you know how that alternate kind of reality and cyclops because you know being um kind of a more pathetic character after the fact uh I mean, it speaks a lot to uh, what we think. I mean, I guess we don't really think of what the future is going to hold with these characters until it happens. And it seems like with the films, it kind of is, is dragging far behind. It's only stuck on a few of the base ideas.
0: Yeah, like we, we said in our chat earlier, like uh, James Marsden pretty much had the general vibe of what I he should have been. Yeah, and, and of course Wolverine, like even though the stature is wrong, his height, he pretty much captures who he's supposed to be. But um, as far as Cyclops, yeah, extremely underdeveloped and like, like I'm, it re, you know, going back to these old comics I've been doing lately, like Cyclops is really like trying to do the team building thing. Like, he'll even like kind of fuck with Wolverine here and there uh, just to see if he can get him in the right mindset for the teamwork he's, he needs to be doing, you know, and they're, they're just not hitting on that at all and i don't know just it could be better
4: what about you joey
7: i was saying basically it was wolverine
4: oh right 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 did we all go
3: (laughs) yeah james Uh, did you go oh james is wolverine what about what about
4: villains
0: oh that's a tough one man that's a
4: tough one
0: uh you can do that one Stefan. let me think for a second a lot of people say Magneto is the most. Uh, what do you call it? Um, his position is very easily under, understood. Like yeah, you can yeah. see, you can see what the way why he is, and a lot of villains don't have that.
7: It's like Professor X and Magneto, or the Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and, you know from when, the time when they came out. So you have the sort of peace side, and you have sort of the any uh, means necessary side.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really love yeah. Omega Red. Yeah. Yeah, that, he is good that, too. That yeah. people he played into like the Deadpool universe or the X-Force universe somehow.
3: Because mm-hmm. he was – I remember Crazy.
4: seeing him in the cartoons and stuff and like getting wind of that design was just really cool. The tendrils and everything. Yeah. 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 I, I first I knew about like him I from have... uh, the video game. Yeah. 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 X- I X-Men feel like I
5: have. I feel like I have favorite villains. I don't know if I like – and, like, talk about why I like them. But, like, like Sabretooth is up there, uh, mm-hmm. Scarlet Witch, uh, with uh, that run where she, uh, God, Joey probably knows. Um,
7: House of the M? The whole
5: run. Yeah, House of M was so fucking good, man. And uh, I just like to put her up there with, like, some of the most powerful. It was very, like, you think you know who the most powerful mutants are, and then someone writes, like, like House of M, and you're like, oh, shit, I was wrong. It's not a, it's not magneto and apocalypse it's actually like Scarlet Witch she's fucking crazy. If she needs I thought to it was supposed to be
0: uh Phoenix or Dark Phoenix. Is uh, she the I most powerful Scarlet, or not?
5: I, I think Scarlet Witch is probably the most powerful villain. They kind
0: of, they did they really
4: House played up they really played her powers up in uh, House of M because um, she like out blinked existence for a while or something like that yeah. she yeah. got rid of so many mutants you know that's <laughs> hey, uh, awesome and it, you know you it, know who uh, woke up from it oh yeah
5: just Wolverine, Wolverine.
4: look at Wolverine. Wolverine yeah I mean he's, <laughs> he's the mainstay that's like a conversation that we all need to have desperately is the death of Wolverine but
5: oh my god dude but it's
0: like you know <laughs> you're gonna kill Maddie. <laughs> what
5: a shitty comic I'll just say right. that what a shitty right. comic
0: right understand but
4: in terms of in terms of what we have still in like the movies and the movie Wolverine, what we are potentially gonna see with the third movie um, is is you know a handling of that character on some kind of like exit you know is it gonna be like like what can they do? I hope they don't try and kill him off in the next movie or anything like that, because it always seems like no, he's, he's,
0: he's doing Wolverine three. That's, that's already like about yeah. to be filming probably. No, That's what I mean.
4: That's what I mean the, the Wolverine movie. Oh yeah but, I, yeah. but I feel like, um, you know, it's like to me, Wolverine was always the mainstay and for them to kill him off the way they did was kind of like a slap in the face of that character. But, um, Speaking more so to like the longevity of it, like, you know, as soon as they killed Wolverine off, old man Logan took the stage. So it's like we're, they're allowing these characters to age for our generation. So we're getting these different stories with these different type of characters, which I think is really cool because X-Men has always allowed for that kind of thing. The, the lineage, the legacy of characters where, you know, like DC kind of hangs on to Superman reinvents them every time to fit them into the contemporary framework
3: yeah,
5: it, it'll yeah, be interesting exactly. to see what happens with uh, Wolverine 3, because I've heard, the rumors are it's going to be based on Old Man Logan, which is, I, like, I don't even know how you're going to, like... Yeah,
4: he's not even that, that old, film. you know? Like,
5: Yeah, well, it's like, how do you even start that film? It's like, oh, when we last left him, he just left Japan.
4: <laughs> he just got old.
5: So now it's like a future world where he killed the X-Men and... All the heroes are dead except for like Hawkeye and him, and now he has to go fight Red Skull and the Hulk incestuous
4: family. Yeah.
5: It, like what? Like how do you even start that writing that script? Yeah, like I, I don't. Mean,
4: if someone again, was like man, he write the script, I'd be like the, fuck you. <laughs> seems like they're just gonna take the title like they did for Days of Future Past.
5: I hope, you know. man. I like I honestly hope not,
4: because like, <laughs> they could, they really can do whatever they want. Days of Future Past made a lot of money, and Apocalypse is projected to make like a ton of money, and everybody's gonna see it. It's so true. it's just like it's, it's Damn it, Stephen, you know, you're it's right. Like the- I'll go see <laughs> whatever they put out, and I can't see that. Yeah, but, but you know, it's like that's that's why it's great that we have like it's great that the story has been told in so many different ways, um, with so many different writers and artists and storylines. Because it's like, you're right, it kind of spins your head, like, where do you begin? For us, it's the Jim Lee, Chris Claremont generation. Um, but yeah, for exactly. these filmmakers, like, who knows? For Matthew Vaughn, it was Uncanny X-Men. It was the 1960s, you know, and it was... I remember one time, I just want to say this on air, I don't know how big this this, this fucking podcast is going to get, but I remember when the first X-Men movie came out, and I was like... I was like on a chat room and people were like, what do you think of the new X-Men? And I was like, yeah, it looks pretty cool, but I hope eventually they do like maybe a prequel with the first five X-Men in the sixties with Professor X putting them together. And then that person like made fun of me like, Oh yeah. X-Men episode one. Ha ha ha. Was, Fuck you, dude. It turned out. to yeah. be the best one.
3: Got it. Yeah. got it. Yeah. Anyway, I just, I, just right out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I know what oh, I'm
4: fucking
7: man. talking about. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we talk my villains, uh, and necessarily gonna name my like favorite X-Men villains. I can't. I know there's quite a few, um, but you guys had mentioned the death of Wolverine, and there's a Wolverine villain that kind of, kind of came and he'd pop up in a couple of stories here and there. I think it was early Wolverine is ne- he was Cyber. Oh. Cyber. He's the one who broke the fucking bone claws after they came out. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. He um, well, like in the death of Wolverine, it's like you know, it's sort of in each epi- each um, like issue he fighting sort of like an old villain or something, like a yeah. big sort of Wolverine villain. And then like I think it's like episode or issue four or something, and he he, he like comes upon Cyber. Like Cyber is already dead in like a pool of like, I don't know adamantium liquid or blood or something. Like he's already been defeated. I'm like oh, I haven't seen Cyber in like. 20 years, like, why did we not bring him yeah. back to, like, have one last fight? Yeah. What a,
5: like It's just, like, sh- such a shitty, like, run for Wolverine. And Stefan and I kind of talked about this, like, off off of our Cameron noise thing, and, uh, I was just like, so let down by it. I, uh, I was telling Stefan about this comic called, uh, uh, Wolverine Goes to Hell, or Logan Goes to Hell, whatever it's called. Joe, yeah. you probably read it. I read uh, it. And, um, I thought that was a, like, as that story progresses, it's a much better story to, like, maybe kill off Wolverine towards the end of that co- of that series. But they didn't, because he kind of goes through the gamut of villains, like, people he's hurt throughout the years. Um, basically, this comic, uh, Wolverine uh, gets thrown to hell, and then demons possess his body. So Wolverine's body on Earth is running amok, doing whatever, and people are having to stop it, and you have, like, several ghostwriters who come up to try to stop and pull these demons out. And it's just, it's a really weird, really fun comic, and it kind of, like, just runs the gamut of what Wolverine has done throughout his years on Earth, or, like, within the comics. And, like, reading Death of Wolverine, I was like, oh, Wolverine goes to hell is actually a lot cooler, and a cooler way to maybe kill off Wolverine. Like, if he just, like, at the end of that comic was like, you know what, I don't need to be on Earth and just decided that Wolverine didn't need to do, to exist anymore or something, but to just, like, pour him an anti-man <laughs> and just be like, oh, okay, Wolverine's dead. It's like, what the, are you fucking kidding me? This is fucking Wolverine. And then, you like, got well, you
4: got once West it was World over... Baptist church out there being like, X-Men hates God. Once it was <laughs> over,
5: I was like, he'll get out of that shit. It's fucking Wolverine. You know? Uh, so I'm just kinda of waiting for that comic where he's just like, eh, I'm tired of being encased case in animantium and just like bursts out of it and I'm like, Yeah, there you go. That's a Wolverine I know.
7: We so, found a way to uh, <clears throat> to melt animantium.
5: Yeah, right. Like it's just like such yeah. a shitty like
7: that oh was the next
4: Dude, I, ugh. You gotta keep it in its liquid state. <laughs> oh dude. <laughs> Let's give a hand for Kelly Who, though. She was a great lady to strike. No,
5: she was. I had that fight yeah, scene. Actually, yeah, actually, yeah. You're, you're right, right about that.
4: all, and then
1: just I, a fight scene. Yeah. Maddie is going to go on the record and say
5: X-Men 2, one of his favorite X-Men films. Just yeah. going to say <laughs> I see, I My
1: favorite it. part
4: is that the Magneto holding the X-Wing in the sky. That shit was, like, seeing
7: that, like, what the fuck? Everybody yeah. a plane.
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's I think my favorite villain is probably Apocalypse, so I'm really looking right. forward to this movie. But yeah. um, if it'll be as good as like that cartoon representation, that guy, man, that guy's voice and that, God, and that cartoon was so good.
4: You know what? I'd I'd like to see at some point somehow is the on screen is like the relationship between Mister Sinister and Cyclops. No, dude, oh, yeah. Mr. You know, Sinister
5: would be a great fucking
4: villain, man. It's one all these really cool stories, you know, because they play in, like, the Savage Land, and Sauron kind of comes into play there, and it's just yeah, like... Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You no, know, it
4: really, it does kind of put Cyclops on the forefront, but I doubt we're anywhere near a story like that being told. Just, and that's you know, the thing
5: that I, I'm kind of excited, about. Because, because the kid that is playing uh, Cyclops now, he was, like, in Joe, he was in Mud, um... And I think both those films he was, like, super solid in. So I think he'll be a really great young Cyclops. So hopefully we'll maybe, in this film, maybe get him moving more to the forefront since Wolverine's... Like, I don't even know what the fuck's going to happen in this movie because Wolverine's, like, old at this point, And it's like, I don't, like, my brain, like, can't wrap around what's happening in these movies <laughs> sometimes because it's, like, my knowledge of Wolverine and Cyclops meeting is them older, like... 30, 35, 40-year-old people, who knows how the fuck old, old Wolverine is, but, you know, it's it's just weird to see, like, Wolverine pop up in this movie, and it's, you know, it, I mean, it could just be a trailer trick where it's like, oh, Wolverine actually doesn't show up till after Apocalypse is gone, and it's kind of like an ending thing, you know, I... <sighs> I guess I'll just have to spend my twenty dollars and go see this fucking movie, and, <laughs> and get my fucking money, just like everyone else. And
4: For sure. is gonna be back there, like, nope,
3: nope, dumb. <laughs> I'm gonna try to go see,
5: I'm gonna go see an early showing and just like record my reactions.
4: I'm, no, I'm, you know, the we, more we, the more the more we talk about it, like a new X-Men movie is coming out and it's like, it's stirring up all these emotions. So I think, you know, that, uh, when this movie comes out, like, who knows what it's going to be. It seems to be like playing towards a lot of different types of fan service for fans. It's like, it's playing towards the fans of the movies who've just only seen the movies and it's starting to deal with more of the comic book audience, um, so I I've said I'll talk a lot of shit on Brand Singer and all these movies but right now I think um, I'm really excited to see how this unfolds because it is somewhat of an evolution towards that fan service.
7: I want to see Psylocke. I want to see Angel yeah. become is he going to become Archangel or is he They showed him with the Archangel? metal wings so. yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah and he gets tattoos on his face or whatever kind of like you know it's not I would have still preferred the blue skin and the the red yeah. tattooing but yeah you know that's those are where my gripes lie and again it's like it's it's a visual thing i think you know if
3: we yeah like if you you look at
0: vision vision from the marvel the disney one like that's like exactly the same and it's bright bright ass colors and it still fucking works it's like just do that shit like fucking make him blue you know yeah that would have been kick ass man i mean they have one of their characters is already blue
4: like why the fuck not (laughs)
0: <laughs> I know. That's the other thing. Beast Beast design also has always... It's been a bit off. Yeah. Nightcrawler, yeah, 2.
4: They, they haven't gotten it right yet.
0: Mm-hmm. Nope. Like you said, I remember... I think you said this when X3 came out, whenever uh, Fraser, What's his name? Uh, uh, yeah. Played uh, Older wow. Beast. Yeah. Oh, right, uh, yeah. He was... He was actually like a really good pick, but severely underused. And he has the one yeah. shot, one shot in uh, what you call it in uh, Days of Future Past.
4: Yeah, I thought yeah. he was great. He was he, Kelsey Grammer. You, know, yeah. you know, and a lot of that, a lot of where they pull Kelsey Grammer from stems from the cartoon. You know that yeah. Voice, yeah. That, yeah. that personality that they're able to. You know, I mean, I'm sure it's in the comics, but not in like you know mo- mainly with the voice and and I think. You know, just it, 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 it probably didn't seem like the most perfect matchup until it was on paper. And then and then we see it in X3 and, like, not bad at all. And he even has some action scenes, you know what I mean? Like, who would have guessed that for Kelsey Grammer? I kind of, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and I, and I, I'm, I'm not, you know, that the guy who's playing him now, he kind of fits in with, you know, he is that Jennifer Lawrence generation of, uh, what do you call it, like young adults kind of celebrities right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nicholas Hoult, Nicholas yeah, I like yeah. him. He yeah, cool. tiff, but yeah, something yeah, about the like, uh, costume yeah, as well. It's almost like I would prefer like a decent mocap to what they're doing right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Again, a, his his vibe is good, but yeah, the overall yeah. execution is just a bit
4: off. Yeah, think of what I, they're doing I, I re- with Caesar, you know, from Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Like that would not be that bad.
0: Yeah.
5: I, I I kind of enjoy the way Beast looks because it kind of throws me back to like the old school man kind of stuff. So I I enjoy what he's doing and I like the practical effect of him doing that. I, I that's just me though because um, I I just really like the practical effect of Beast. Um, I don't know. Like I would enjoy seeing like a mocap just to see what they could do with Beast because I feel like he's kind of limited. Like all kind of some of that stuff is in superhero movies, but I really like the way he looks at no point during watching first class or days of future past was like beast is the problem here. Like I just don't like his look like Nicholas Holt playing beast and Henry Henry McCoy. I've had no problem with he's the least of my problems Um, going into the new film. I, the focus on Jennifer Lawrence's mystique kind of has me kind of worried because I don't know if I want her to be the main character in this film. Um, But I haven't seen it. It could be great. She could do a great performance. Um, I I just kind of think, like, anytime I have a doubt about it, I think back to, like, Winter's Bone, which was the first time I saw her in anything. And I just, she's a good actress. I think if, you know, with the right script and right directing, she could pull off, like, leading the X-Men or whatever into it. Well, it's like,
0: it's like, when that Quicksilver thing came out and everybody was making fun of it, like, oh, this costume is stupid. He's going to be terrible. Ends right. up having one of the best scenes in the movie. It's like, okay, maybe it, these costume designs we're getting in these Apocalypse trailers, maybe they're not the best thing ever, but it doesn't mean that they won't be cool and the movie's going to suck. It just means that the costumes aren't what we want.
4: Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. If,
5: you think, about, if well, you think about, like... I'm sorry, I was they, just going to say it. Go ahead. Oh, they did release that photo of like another cost the other costumes so i don't know when that comes into play with like the red on nightcrawler and like uh cyclops using the like the the weird fucking belt thing he has on him i don't even know but uh yeah i'm interested to see when that comes into play because it seems like from the get-go we're kind of getting these all black costumes of when they fight apocalypse so i hope it's not like oh here's the true x-men and then it's like a pan out shot and then credits roll
3: yeah, it looks it's
5: like, like what the paint. fuck? I mean, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I, I really like hope
3: that,
5: they, like, yeah, I really hope that they don these costumes for like the final battle or something. Like, I don't know. I just we need that moment where it's like suit up and it's just like they pick their costumes and you're like, oh shit, yeah, look at these motherfuckers. They look so good. This is their <laughs> fucking X Men. <laughs> it,
4: it, it, yeah. it looks a lot closer to X Men Evolution designs than it looks to like Jim Lee, <laughs> and Chris Claremont yeah. designs.
7: Yeah, yeah, I mean, the Cyclops one has a bit of a Jim Lee, the the strap. Right,
4: it has, yeah, the, the strap over the side. Just like the, you know, they're still playing in, like, a really dark color palette for yeah, this yeah, entire definitely. series. Um, one yeah. thing I was going to say is in terms of, like, Jennifer Lawrence and her taking the stage as being, like, the lead character and stuff like that, is kind of speaking to what's going on now with, like, in terms of, like, Daisy Ridley being, like, the main hero of a story, uh, Tomb Raider yeah. just being cast, you know, like, you're starting to have these, like, really, like, strong female-led action movies and superhero movies. So, I mean, for one thing, that kind of interests me in terms of her being a leader. I don't really have a – I think she's a good mystique. Um, it's it's weird to see how they've developed that character, but, I mean, it's better than the over-sexualized kind of, like, two-dimensional version that Rebecca Romaine was playing. No offense to her. Yeah.
0: No, very. Oh true. man, she was just. That uh, <laughs> oh, was so off. You know, so and, it,
4: off. and it just seems like that's kind of the direction they're heading and By passing the torch, you know, they're passing it to this this more. Um, you know, I don't mean to call it a trend, but what's happening now in terms of like female-led comic book and video well, game I, properties, it's like kind of an interesting time for it, women. It's actors. not a
5: trend. It's something that needs to happen. I mean, yeah. you have generations of women who don't have comic book characters they can look up to or even in film like it's so great that even in star wars it's like now we have a fucking female jedi like that's great and um Oh shit i was gonna say something about something but i totally
0: fucking they should have gone with like storm though because that way you have somebody that's led the people in the comics for a long ass time she's black also a woman it'd be the first and Jane too, great. But like I to me it seems like Storm was leading people more right. in my memory, yeah, but I could yeah. be wrong about that. Like it was That's either her or like Cyclops the seven, and then Wolverine seven. after he got like more, you know, it was like, uh, late.
4: It was attached. like early eighties era, Storm was kind of more at the forefront of the X Men team.
5: Just want yeah. to say though, uh, fucking Mohawk Storm, it's about fucking time. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah that shit know. is cool.
4: See, I'm I'm that actually kind of... really, really now that you mention it, like I'm really very excited to see what they do with Storm.
5: It'll be interesting yeah. to see, like after the events of Apocalypse, who I mean, obviously Storm survives and becomes an x men and stuff like that happens in this film. So it'll be interesting to see after the events of. This film to see how the X-Men progress. Like if Brian Singer gives it up and gives it to someone new, and you you have Storm as a leader, and you know Cyclops kind of learning under her, or like whatever happens, it's it's going to be an interesting film to see what comes after it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm kind of like I, I'm interested to see what happens. I'm not. I'm gonna go into it kind of the way I went into Batman versus Superman, as I'm gonna hate this fucking piece of shit film. It's gonna be the worst thing I've ever seen. And then if I come out and go, "Oh my god, that was so great! It's the best X Men film. That'll be wonderful." But I'd be very surprised
0: if it's if it's that bad. I'd be really surprised.
3: Yeah.
5: Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be an interesting film because I know, like, going into Captain America: Civil War, I'm just. I know, just from seeing the, the first trailer, I'm going to be like, I was like, I'm going to love this movie. But like with X-Men movies, it's always like a hesitant, like, am I going to like it? Am I going to hate it? Will I walk out? Probably not, but I don't know. <laughs> no, don't I walk wanna out. I want to love it because I, I love the X-Men so much.
0: Yeah. All right, Game of Thrones, everybody. Let's move on to it. Last episode, what'd you think?
5: Oh, can I go first?
7: Yeah, go ahead, okay. man.
5: All right, well, I love that we got some ghost action. Yeah, 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 Just
7: tri- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh,
5: I, I will always love any episode with Direwolves in it because as mm-hmm. we, I've said before in previous episodes, that I don't feel like they're in there enough. But I enjoyed the episode. I also feel with like a lot of people's review is nothing really happened. It's just was kind of setting cool. us up for this second episode. Well, um, I mean, a lot is, of stuff yeah yeah like stuff happened but it's just not that I, people did care about yeah well it, like stuff happened but it wasn't like enough for me to be like if i wasn't a huge fan of like seeing what happened i would just be like what the fuck's the fuss you know
3: yeah, yeah. um
5: but at the same time there is stuff happen like there is small things happening but mm-hmm. I, I i just feel like they could maybe maybe taken maybe, like, cut out some things to give us a little more of certain characters instead of trying to, like... It felt like a rush episode where they're like, okay, we need to hit on this character, this character, this character, and this character, and then we're going to yeah, have this really stuff long scene, scene where Melisandre turns into an old fucking lady. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, you could have done that in a shot, man. Like, I didn't need to see old lady breasts. I mean, I'm fine with it, but, you know, you could have just been... You could have just the, literally been like, "Oh, she's naked. Now she's an old lady. Now what the fuck is going on with Brandon? Because I need to know." Yeah, the we'll, we'll the stuff,
4: that. the stuff in Dorn seemed to kind of play off as a bit uninteresting.
5: Yeah, uh, I don't care. in in that episode,
4: um, like like I feel like you could have shifted that over maybe to the next couple episodes with I uh, agree. I, I, you know, it was a pivotal point, but I I really liked uh, the Dornish characters. Um, I don't in, care. Well, not that I don't. It was just that moment, I feel like, like what Maddie's saying. Like, you could have had more with, like, my, the really my favorite part of this episode was the situation of these dudes being holed up in that one room with Jon Snow's yeah. body. Oh, yeah. With oh, yeah. being yeah, like, what the fuck are we going to do? That shit was awesome. The tension there is so good, but they're like, no, nah, we're it, fighting for our fucking, what we believe in. It's right. like, like,
5: don't open the door. I'll be back. And I was like, what's that dude doing? Tell me what that dude's doing. Yeah. Where is he going? Yeah. Like, I know where, I know yeah. where he's going. But,
4: dude, like... I think all eyes are on that situation right now, you know. It's like, you could easily spend an episode on that. But, for sake, you know, they do this every season where they kind of, you know, catch us up to speed with what has happened and what's going on. So it's Mm kind of just that first episode uh, slump.
5: I also feel like... Them like like when they like pan in on Jon Snow dead, I was like, I know, I know, hurry up, get over it. We know he's dead.
3: I
4: I love how the first line of dialogue is Jon Snow is dead.
7: We know. <laughs> I'm aware. He got stabbed But times. To you've I, told us many times. I run into so many <laughs> yeah. people. I,
4: I talk to so many people that are like, I don't think he's really dead. Nah man, he ain't dead. And it's just like, damn, really? Like you've watched all these other people die in this show, people you've loved, and you're going to sit there and be like, he's going to come back to the dead like a, you know, they like people are painting him out to be this like Game of Thrones Christ figure or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it speaks more to the story that's being told here if he stays mm-hmm. dead than it does for bringing him back to life. That isn't to say that they can't have some fun with it. But I, did, I, did, I do like that because there was all those rumors of Jon Snow being contracted for – um, or whatever his name is, Kit Harrington being contracted for season six. You know, it's like, it's You're so he like can, so can lay on a fucking table. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I
3: love that though. Jon Snow's dead. HM
4: you know, and, there's the, and then there's just the best part about it is there's still so much story to tell. Um, that situation with Arya um, and, oh, yeah. and her Basically like, stick her, teacher now. yeah, her like trainer <laughs> slash tormentor. I love that shit, dude. That, yeah. Like, she is just – I mean, I haven't read the books, which I'm really bummed that I don't know what happens uh, okay up until this, at point. this point.
5: I feel like they're not, like, necessarily following the books. Yeah. No, I mean, right. at, at, so, this,
7: at this point, we've reached the the end. Right, um, right. I mean, except with for – the dragon, right? With her there's, there's, dragon. Maybe a, there's maybe a couple of chapters with Brand that we haven't seen yet. But, like, other than that, like, yeah. we're basically in new territory. Like yeah. the yeah. stuff, I, I saw like the books don't show, don't tell. They all you know you kind of always hear that Melisandre is like old, like she's an older woman, but you didn't never know that she was actually an old lady with like a a, a glamour like this yeah. necklace yeah. was like a glamour necklace. Yeah. Um, you know the the Martells didn't get slaughtered by the Sand Snakes yet. You know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We know that Jon Snow was stabbed, and that was it. That was the yeah. last that was the last uh, of his chapter. Yeah. Sort of like, uh, what I, f- I do wish there was
4: more Tyrion in this episode.
7: Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. more Tyrion. Yeah. But yeah, I mean I That's think it cool. was I think it was a pretty decent first episode. It kinda got us yeah. started sort of where we're gonna go. Um, you know, Marcella is dead, like there was no way that she was gonna survive like being poisoned yeah. however long a trip mm-hmm. it takes to get back to King's Landing from Dorne. Yeah. So that was really surprising
4: to me, not, you know, not knowing the, the source material. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I was, I don't know, I was just surprised by that. It's just like nothing, you know, the what's fueling, um, what's her face, Lena Headey. Yeah, what's uh, fueling Circe now is just like this, you know, her rage just seems to come to these boiling points and then she acts. So it's just mm-hmm. like they're just piling it on. Um, so her, you know, her character too, I think would have been nice to spend a little more time with, with what's going on with her and, um, her brother.
0: Um, yeah. I felt it was a, like, it felt like a lot of setup. Like it was just kind of, yeah. the whole episode is just set up. And then also one of the things I felt was kind of weird and, uh, it's just like whenever it was the the reveal of Melisandre being that old it felt like they stayed on that for so long like yeah. it was like they wanted it, they wanted it to be such a big moment and for me it it was like okay she's old like yeah. I, I just like the editor the editor and the producer the director whatever they're like this is going to be huge bro and it just I don't know it being a fantasy thing like this, this kind of thing you see a lot, I think in fantasy novels and shit or fantasy movies or whatever. So it just wasn't even in horror
5: films. I think you see it a
0: lot. So yeah. Yeah. It didn't hit that hard really for me.
7: I'll agree. We we stayed on it a little too long that we necessarily needed to, but I, I think it was a pretty cool, uh, reveal that she was actually this, this old lady.
5: No, like I'm totally in agreement with the reveal. I think that's really cool. I just, I'm kind of with Andrew on it. I, I really think this was for people who don't ever watch any fantasy or any kind of horror or any kind of anything like this who are just, like, kind of captivated in this Game of Thrones series, um, which is cool that they're getting into fantasy this way or whatever, but it's – that scene was more for them to be like, oh, shit, are you kidding me? Are you yeah. – like, what? Like, they're, like, looking around with their friends or they're, like, calling their friends like, are you kidding me? And, like, for, like, I feel like us and our group of friends, it's like, eh, uh, all right, I've seen this before, you know? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And,
5: I mean, obviously Game of Thrones is not made for the the super fan of this because, you know, they have to make tons of money and, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know. There was a lot more I wanted to see and this is kind of my problem with watching television episode by episode because I am definitely more of a binge watcher and mm. I enjoy binge watching stuff more than I like just watching episode by episode. Um, so part of me is just like, oh fuck, I got to wait for the next one. God damn it.
3: Like, yeah, you come <laughs> on. You're about to like, watch I'm, it after this.
5: Yeah. After it was over, I was like, I'm ready for the next one. Like, come on, what's up? Like, I need to know what's going on. Like, there are other characters I care about. Like, I just, I, I think the thing that bugged me the most is like, we didn't get Brandon at all mm-hmm. in the last season. And to not feature him in the first episode was just kind of like a more of a, like, who gives a fuck? And it's like, this kid's so old now. Like, there's been a year of his life passed, And he's mm-hmm. going to be a totally different looking person. Because I've seen photos from, like, the set pics and stuff. Yeah, he's you
3: know, got just, Yeah,
5: and it's just weird. And, like, I feel like there's a lot of catch up, and they're just like, well, you know, Mal- Melisandre's old, and blah, 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 and this is going, and Cersei's upset because of her daughter. And it's like,
3: ah, blah,
5: these aren't my favorite characters. Like, give me some Brandon. I need to know what's going on with him. And I think that's the thing that upset me, upset me the most about, like, watching this episode because I feel like the first episode maybe should have caught us up with what he has been doing since the last season. Sure. And this other stuff could be... Towards the end, or filtered throughout, and then maybe even in the second episode.
7: But I'm wondering. I'm wondering if this—that's what the 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 first episode was to sort of like, here's the, the the end of the cliffhangers from the last yeah. from the last mm-hmm. uh, season finale. So I'm thinking hopefully like the second episode would be great to have like, definitely a episode two would focus mainly on Brandon or Brand, and you know have a few more other go-tos to different characters, but I definitely think Brand should definitely be the main uh, story. I mean, mm-hmm. if that motherfucker
5: is up and walking around, I need to know why. Because mm-hmm. last time I saw him, he
7: was in a fucking, like, wheelchair, man. Yeah, I, I gotta think tell you, I'm man, I, I think they're dreams. I
0: dude. never read the book, so whenever I finally uh, heard that it was warg, I was like, oh, really? What the fuck? Because they always say wogue, like they're with their with the british accent it was mm-hmm. like, i was like so surprised at the actual spelling of that yeah
3: it's yeah. uh-huh. yeah. yeah.
0: a cool invention cool term yeah i don't i'm not super interested in that character overall though i'm i'd like to see what happens with uh the i stark see girls. control a giant
1: yeah Brienne.
0: Yeah. yeah the the, I... the stark girls and Brienne, and of course i i love Littlefinger little finger for some reason yeah Uh, those guys. I want to see them. Mm
3: -hmm.
5: I feel like, uh, like Brandon for me is like the mystical set, like getting to more of the dragons of the dire stuff is what like he's getting into, like more of like the folklore, the mythology of what game of Thrones is. And that's the stuff I like tend to go towards the more magic of the series because I mean, it's there and they talk about it all the time. And to just like, kind of, I don't know, like they kind of just sidestepped it for the last season. It's like, come on, give me back to that stuff. I need to know what's going on with there. But I like, I'm with you guys. Like, I need to know Arya's story. Like, man, she's blind. Man, I need to know. I need to know her how her much husband.
3: she's gonna learn. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, that I, whole training thing, it. like, yeah, like so training great. training like, for like
0: 30 seconds a day, but she's blind. Like, that was like yeah. pretty pretty cool. Like, I thought.
5: I can't wait to see what happens with her. I also love Sansa a lot. I like Brienne of Tarth. I think they're all great characters. There's just also other characters that I like too.
3: Padrik. And...
7: Padrik, yeah. <laughs> he's there's good a, yeah there's a prophecy. <laughs> if he
1: dies i'm done with the show <laughs> <laughs> that's my dude can, can we
5: make t-shirts can we make t-shirts of that uh just pass them out super house is done with game of thrones if podrick dies
0: i heart podrick <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> there's there,
5: let there's the way a prophecy walk in the book. i don't give a shit super house
7: there's a, a prophecy in the books about a three-headed they talk about a three-headed dragon like dragon riders mm-hmm. So I'm hoping to definitely hear slash see uh, Bran control a dragon, oh. Daenerys on a dragon, and possibly Tyrion on a dragon. Oh, oh my god! And, that and would they be the shit. It. And they burn down the wall. What you just do. Oh my god,
5: Joey! <laughs> Look at the world <laughs> you just it up. Look at <laughs> you. I'm not
0: ready.
5: I'm not I think ready Maddie just this. popped
0: a bone right now.
3: Where's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the next.
5: Part two. I need to release Game
7: this. of Bones. <laughs> that is. Rand is going to control a dragon. It's, it's oh my god! It's, it's going to happen. It has to. Oh, he can That's control true. humans, which people couldn't do, and now he's got to be able to control a dragon. That's the next step.
5: Oh my god! Spoiler, alert. just in case anybody's listening to Superhouse and doesn't know anything about Game of Joey's it's ruining it all. He's ruining it everything.
7: It's a theory. It's totally yeah. a theory, but
5: uh, I, I'm we've excited. seen signs
7: in the
4: books. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Sounding pretty good.
5: Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to see where this season goes because I mean, we obviously are getting uh, Brandon and that story. So, I mean, you know, in ten episodes, I could just like after the last episode, this podcast could be that is the greatest fucking season I've ever seen.
3: You yeah. Know? <laughs> so, yeah.
5: Um, but right now, I just have like, the, I mean, the first episode is kind of weird for every every television show. Like you want like especially coming back for their next season is always like, you want this, you want that. You wish they would have done this. And, you know, they'll probably do it in the next episode. We'll find out tonight or tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You know, and if anything I know about Game of Thrones is the guys that are writing it and the producers know what the fuck they're doing, and they will give us a good series, despite if it follows whatever George wants or whatever.
7: Mm Mm-hmm. And um, and you guys know that basically after this season, they're gonna have like I think 15 episodes left. So season seven and eight are going to be like I don't know, seven eight episodes each. Wow! Oh my God! Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm, that's as of cool. now, as of now, that's what they're saying. So, that's definitely, be I don't like it. Pretty inside. epic though. Yeah, I don't like them cutting the seasons down into like seven eight episodes. They're already ten episodes already, you know. They're gonna I mean, if they. The fuck
0: out of it.
5: I mean, if they extend it to like an hour and something, like an hour and ten, an hour and twenty-minute long episode, that'd be alright. But. Right. I feel like there's so much to like get through still. Like, I haven't even read all the books, but just reading like the first one and then half of the second one, I was like, oh shit, you guys
7: have so much shit to get through. Uh, they still yes. got a lot of stuff to get through. It's like, is, is Danny ever going to leave the Marine? Is she ever going to yeah. go to Westeros? You know, that's a. Well, they burned know, her ships. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the she ships are done. Said, Well,
1: we're not leaving anytime
7: oh, soon. James, did you not know she had dragons
1: and she goes
5: fly over on dragons? <laughs> <There's> <laughs> she he doesn't quite he know can. how to control them yet, though. That's a big, big issue. That.
1: She's like, oh, the mother of dragons, like, you don't know how to control shit.
5: That's the other thing with, like, Danny in this episode. I feel like as powerful she, as she was in the last season. I feel like she's not as powerful in this season. And that kind of upsets me because I really like her as, like, a strong female fucking badass in the series. I'm like, I just, like, like, ah, you know? I was like, you just regressed her back to where she was in almost the beginning of the series. Like, come on.
7: Yeah.
0: Yeah, man.
5: I mean, I don't know what's going to happen.
7: Yeah. No. I don't I need
4: mean,
0: it's, the, show, the show has been
4: just so good up until this point. And I'm just, you think it's, going down? No, I'm you just think it's saying, going down? No, I'm just saying. No, I'm just saying it's like I'm really excited. Like as many like little gripes as I have with the first episode for whatever reason, just because I think I don't know about you guys, but I didn't watch it from the beginning. I binge watched a lot of it, so I was able yeah, to too. like I was able to satisfy that that the 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 need for what happens next or whatever. And so now, like, this is the first time experiencing Game of Thrones episodically, like, week to week. Yeah, me too. Um, So that's interesting. Tonight I got invited to a... a uh, viewing party at this bar, um, which I've always... I've wanted to go to one since I started watching Game of Thrones last year, really. Um,
5: Oh, sorry to interrupt your daily life, (laughs) Stefan.
4: No, I'm saying... No, I've always wanted to go to one, and I haven't yet. But um, it's exciting now to be in this place where it's just like, oh, my God, what is going to happen next? And the only reason we really feel like we're not getting enough from this particular episode for whatever reason is because there's so much yet to come. And I think for you guys, you enjoy being fans of the books. It's like uh, it's even that much more exciting because now knowing how small the next two seasons are going to be.
7: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have Something I was gonna say. Um, I'll think about it. Take me a second.
0: <laughs> oh man, this is like the most like Game of Thrones in general. This is the like the biggest fantasy thing I've ever gotten into. Like I, yeah, I cool. liked Lord of the Rings. A pretty good bit I've never really gotten to Harry Potter but Game of Thrones it's like this this is fantasy this is my shit right here
7: I know what I was going to say so in the trailers um, I kind of saw something online some people pointed out that there's some shots in the trailer of like some people in armor fighting and it's old like Targaryen armor and so I think we're going to see a flashback to basically sum up where Jon Snow comes from yeah So I'm kind of, I'm oh, definitely interested in what that's going to be, how it's going to play out. I think it's called the, I forget the name of the tower where Rhaegar runs off with Lyanna Stark. Um, and she like has the kid and that's what starts off the the battle where uh, um, Robert Baratheon becomes the king. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm definitely interested in how, they're gonna, how it's going to play out.
0: Cool. Is there a theory that he's uh, the half brother of Khaleesi Daenerys?
7: Yes. Basically, um, so Liana was betrothed to Robert Baratheon, but she was at a tourney, and uh, Rhaegar won the the tourney, I believe, and handed her a rose, and she's always into roses. Um, And then they ran off together, um, and they thought that Rhaegar had kidnapped her and took her to this tower, and so... The Starks and the Baratheons, like, you know, basically started this war and wanted to get her back. And but it somehow, I don't know when, how the timeline, because apparently somehow she, I don't know how long she had been gone or whatnot. Obviously, it had to been somewhere nine months happened, and she had a child. And like, I think they killed Rhaegar, and like she was dying. And so then they had to found the kid, and like, all right, we're going to keep this kid safe and secret. Um, and so. Uh, then Ned basically took Jon Snow away, and so yeah. So basically, is uh, yeah half brother to Daenerys. He is a Targaryen. Ooh. Okay. Half, tar- half Targaryen, half Stark.
0: Yeah, I've heard this before. It seems to be pretty pretty popular online. Yeah.
7: Well, that was, hey, that was who one. knows going to. That would make him the true king. When when uh, Demi Weiss and David Benioff went to uh, George R. R. Martin and, and pitched the show. George R. R. Martin had one question and that was who is Jon Snow's parents? And they apparently answered it correctly. And that's really what, that wow. really that was one of the things that got them the show. Oh, For, I love that. R. R. Martin to sign off. Yeah.
0: Holy crap.
7: Dang,
5: that just changed everything. My mind is
0: blown. <laughs> changed the game. Especially Especially this that. this show
5: is in the right hands. Who am I to judge anything that happens? Especially <laughs>
4: knowing that the the ending in the books is uh, Potentially going to be different.
7: Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, I know George R. R. Martin has an uh, has an idea of where it wants to go, but he's... the way he, the, as long as he's taking, you never know that his mind may change
3: mm-hmm. from
7: to writing like the last book. Something may change drastically. He's like, oh man, this would make a better ending or what mm-hmm. have you. And so we will definitely probably get two separate endings. That's. that's oh my God, funny. I'm
5: gonna have to read these fucking books now. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>
7: <I have> <laughs> actually. You, you'll you'll enjoy it, Maddie.
5: Yeah, I mean, I liked, uh, I think my biggest beef was with, like, I heard uh, when I was reading book two and then I stopped. Uh, right. A friend right. of mine had started book four and was just, like, kind of upset with the fact that book, four, like, you kind of follow three books of these characters you really enjoy, and then book four is kind of here's all this new cast of characters and he was like, who the fuck gives a shit, man? I well, no. like, well,
7: books four and five it was written as one book, obviously, but it it got bigger and bigger, and so he split four and five into two books, and they basically take place at the same time. But, of course, book four, you have, like, Cersei and a couple other characters. You're like, ah, where's Tyrion? Where's Daenerys? You know, where's Jon Snow? Like, the characters I want to fucking read about. Now, like, I could imagine having to wait all this long to get your characters back. But so, yeah, so the fourth book is definitely kind of a, a slug um, but then the fourth book, or fifth book, comes back and like your characters are back and it's it stuff's happening. You're like okay, okay, we're back. But yeah, you just got to get got to get through book four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, that's what I've heard, and that kind of like deterred me from yeah. the series. And just like my overall like uh, reading habits have been very much like I am really into like singular novels now. I don't necessarily get into like. The stuff that goes on and on for like after like three books I'm like if you haven't concluded this I don't know if I care anymore but I, I'm sure after Game of Thrones ends I'll probably be like fuck he wrote a different ending now I gotta read all this shit so
3: it'll
7: be
5: like just like sitting down and powering through all that so
7: I think for you Maddie, it's definitely would be good to know that like the series slash book series would be done for you to read yeah
5: It'll probably be that for me and I'll probably like have to wait after the series is done like a year or two after before I can like dive back into it. but um, I'll read it. I just because I'm just, cause I'm just I, that's just like my life now is just trying to read as much as I can. so um, I'll definitely have to like like I, I like those characters too much either in book or in a uh, film form. so I have to know what happens either way.
0: there was a couple other just like minor things i would call them like miscellaneous items uh uh anybody wanted to comment on uh the flash director leaving um looks like there's a bit of trouble going on at dc warner brothers the show like
4: jump and ship the show run the, uh, no, yeah,
0: no the uh, the movie, the movie.
4: I,
5: I will I'll just say this movie
3: director
0: yeah,
4: yeah.
5: i right. think no I, I would just say uh not choosing james james Wan to do if james Wan jumps ships ship on aquaman i will probably not be there to see it
3: because I think,
5: he'd be, I, I think he'd be such a great director reading like uh i don't know if anyone read the aquaman new 52 stuff like i only read a volume of it but it's oh, called I have. it's called the trench is like the first like couple of issues yeah. And like kind of it's just like a creature feature episode. And I think that would be so great for DC to get it's into also... Aquaman kind of delving into this underwater kind of weirdness. Because the sea, the ocean, fucking scares the shit out of me. There's a creature. Really <laughs> <out of> <laughs> you know, it, it was
0: really self referential too, because there's this moment where in the in the beginning of that comic where somebody says, Aquaman, that's nobody's favorite superhero. Like, that's okay. a line in the comic. And then at yes. the end of the storyline, a little kid comes up to him after he's kind of saved the day, and he's like, you're my favorite superhero. And it's like a, a kind of a teary moment. It's like, this is the shit. This is fucking awesome. Jeff Johns killed this shit.
5: <laughs> yeah. I, I, would just, I think James Wan doing, like, um, I really like what he's done, um, even if I, like, like I think that Silence is great. I think like the, the I think he did the first Saw movie. I think is a solid horror film. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Insidious Part One, but Part Two, which he did, was fucking great. Conjuring is fucking solid. I think yeah. to have a horror director maybe take on like the Aquaman story would give it a different feel. And like if they did decide to do kind of a creature feature and then kind of tie it into maybe like one of the Aquaman villains would be a really cool. Like I think he'd just be a cool director for that franchise. You know, People are throwing
0: time. that around because the guy left Flash, but there is currently no news whatsoever of James Wan leaving. So, well, uh, yeah, I, I think it was yeah. like
5: spe- speculated because of everything that's happening. And,
4: but yeah. I, 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 I saw, I saw I, a couple articles pop up about Aquaman, but there it was really a speculation. Yeah. I
5: would just hate it because that was one of my main draws. Like, yeah, I like Aquaman. I got no beef with him as a superhero, but like having James Wan. Because of the films he's done and the films that I like that he has done, I think he would be a kind of breath of fresh air to the DC world and just get a different spin on it. Because I think the film before this, he's doing, well, like he did Furious 7 or whatever. So this guy can run the gamut. Like he can make a big budget fucking movie, but he can also make a fucking terrifying horror film too. So I, I feel like he would be a really great director to kind of tackle this underwater adventure with Aquaman and like Jason. Moment of like being this like I am just interested to see what he would do with a superhero film you know and if he yeah. leaves and they just kind of throw it up to this like no name some guy who maybe made a cool short which is great I, like if that guy gets it great but I'd really like to see maybe more established directors and other genres taking on some of these big superhero movies to see what they can add to it because. For me, James Wan, Death Sentence is a great fucking, like, revenge flick, To Like, The Conjuring is just fucking scary as shit. That was such a great
3: horror movie. Yeah.
5: yeah, It makes me excited to see what he would do with, like, Aquaman. Like, would this be the scariest superhero movie I ever see? Maybe, you know? Like, if he has some fucking creatures, like, running around in the trench, and Aquaman's got to stop him, you know? I don't know. I just, I hope it's not true. I hope he stays on for it. And it kind of just kind of with like the whole Batman versus Superman thing. And maybe this like once suicide squad comes out and maybe everyone calms the fuck down. Cause it'll be great or whatever. Maybe James Wan will just be like, yo, that was just, you know, cause he hasn't come out and said, that's all fake. I'm not thinking about leaving. And no, he's not said anything, you know? So yeah. uh, I'm just, I, I think he was a really cool choice and I was really excited when he was attached to the project. He still and, is.
0: He still is.
5: <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, good. James Wan, he is, he's
0: on Aquaman. He is. It's just the Flash guy that left, as all far right, as we know. Cool. I, yeah. I don't yeah.
5: even know who's directing the Flash, and I don't care, because as far <laughs> as I'm concerned, Gustin is the best Flash, and that's all I want.
0: Can you imagine like a Caldrogo Drogo type uh, character that's that comes up out of the sea, puts his trident in front the of Batman's hell? fucking face, and oh, says, yeah. "Now you force my hand." Like that would be the like. There's that moment in that fucking Jeff uh, Johns Justice League that came out a few years ago that was just fucking excellent. And yeah, he's a bit more barbaric than the Arthur Curry that we've seen before. But who gives a fuck? That if they just yeah. does Caldrogo Drogo in the sea, I'm kind of down.
5: No, no. I mean, because casting like, <laughs> the dude's fucking Hawaiian for Christ's sakes, you know. Yeah. Like, I I want someone who lives on a fucking island and, to be fucking Aquaman, you know? Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Like, it, it makes sense to me. Like, at no point when they cast him was I like, oh, this is shitty casting for Aquaman. I was like, this makes sense. Like, someone from the, like, I don't want to see just a white blonde-haired dude being from you know, like.
0: It's that surfer point, thing. They, they they. It was probably like some sort of. California surfer thing that came out of the like 40s or 50s and they're like white blonde guy on the beach yeah. Okay, let's make this an aqua guy, but now it's like we it's it does make a lot more sense that the guy's Polynesian
5: Yeah, and you know I, at least co- mean,
0: culturally speaking.
5: Yeah, I mean it's I like at no point when they're like Jason Muma's, uh Aquaman and at no point. I went oh shit. That sucks I was like, oh, yeah, i watched watch Drago fucking Fucking fight Batman. Like I watch him say some shit for Batman yeah. And like, yeah.
0: You're you're uh, gonna be like, Batman doesn't have a chance, bro. Like everybody's gonna be like, man, Aquaman's a badass.
5: But that's the thing. Like the whole time I'll be watching is like, Batman's got a plan. He always does. I'm I know Batman. that's true.
4: I'm really, excited. <laughs> I'm really excited about the George Miller rumor of him doing a Green Lantern Corps movie. Yeah, that was on the other note. That yeah. Is fucking awesome. I love Green Lantern. I don't know if any of you guys I, the animated. Dude,
0: I had this idea that I've been posting on Reddit for like off and on for a couple of years now. Yeah, I, I think they should do a uh, if they're going to go lighthearted like they say they are, they should do a space but a buddy cop movie in space with the Green Lantern. Yes, think about oh, okay. the the uh, 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 Hal Jordan and uh, uh, what's his name uh, John Stewart. Instead of like cruising around yeah, in a patrol car, cool. they're they're cruising around in space, yeah. and they're going around and like did maybe there's the some um... racial commentary or whatever the fuck, and <laughs> or who knows, but like think about it, think about Bad Boys or Lethal Weapon in space, yeah. it'd be fucking amazing. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Did you see the um?
4: Did you see the animated series that the CG animated series of the Green Lantern? Bruce Timm out...
0: did that, correct? I heard yeah, that was good. Yeah,
4: it came out right before um. The Green Lantern movie came out, and since that bombed, they didn't want to spend any more money on Green Lantern, so they shelved the rest of it. But it has one season on Netflix, and it's fucking great. It, like, and it does do things like that. It's like there's not really any of it that takes place on Earth. You know, it starts there, but then the whole adventure takes you to the, the like wildest reaches of space with all these crazy characters. And Guardians
0: of the Galaxy did this. Yeah. So yeah. and it's there's almost yeah. nothing on Earth. So with a lethal like, weapon
4: in space, dude.
0: Leave the yours. weapon in space. Are That's you kidding yours. me? And, and and think about it. Like you have like the, look again. If you sometimes comic books have themes, right? And there's a ra- maybe there's a racial theme there with not that Hal Jordan is racist, but like let's say there's a race. There's even that famous panel from the Green Lantern, like you've saved the purple people and the blue people, but what about the dark people here on Earth? You know, there's that whole thing. I think from the '70s or something. It's from uh, the Green Lantern Green Arrow run.
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. So there, the, so that part is even part of the comics history. But then you have like, hey, race doesn't mean shit when we're out here fighting the fucking, uh, you know, we're fighting other aliens. Why the fuck are we thinking each other are different? When we're the same fucking species for one. You know, think about this big picture idea that you could throw in there. I mean, put maybe make it a little bit more, you know. tasteful than how I just said it but like (laughs) but it's there right am I wrong is this weird am I saying weird shit
4: no I think it's a great idea it's um it'll be interesting to see what they do especially now that we uh know about like George Miller being rumored to direct something like this um and after seeing you know Fury Road and what he's capable of as an action director in this current uh film climate Um, right now it's like anything could go I think that premise would be would be pretty cool Um, but they have already mentioned that they're going to try and do many different types of Green Lanterns within this core so there's there's a possibility of it ending up being like kind of a team thing um, in in a lot of ways so um, you know I'd be interested to see Guy Gardner uh, not that he's like one of my favorite Green Lanterns but he's a good kind of like Juxtaposition to Hal Jordan or Kyle Rayner, he's um, definitely or even cool. Jon Stewart. Yeah, yeah, he is kind of he's just a, kind of a jackass Green Lantern, but he gets shit done, you know. Uh, so, yeah. so, you know, in that animated series, they do they play a lot with some of the really great characters. Um, Sinestro, you know, the story of Sinestro. He started as a Green Lantern, um, and then just all the alien friends that they run into. Like, who knows what they could possibly do? I like that though, because then you rem- you're or your idea, Andrew, because it's reminiscent of maybe like, you know, things that have been done in in like Total Recall or fucking um, um, what was I just gonna say? What was the other movie I was gonna say? Fuck. Um, but you know, like just or like Guardians of the Galaxy is a good example. That spacefaring kind of, or Fifth Element was what I was gonna say. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you kind of get this. You get this tinge of possibly like in it being. If it were were to take a direction of like you know, because they are kind of like the cops of space anyway, so you'd see these like seedy underbellies of all these strange planets and shit like that.
0: Yeah, um, like we're, we like they they heard something from Oa, like like we got we heard some shady shits happening on this planet. I'm gonna send you guys out there see what's up, and then you're yeah. like in you're in like a seedy underbelly of this planet, and it's like it's like uh gritty-ass New York, but on some fucking... with aliens and shit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, come on, dude, that shit would be fucking great. <laughs> and they're acting like cops and they're they're trying to figure out, they're like uh, investigating and they're, you know, doing like, you know, cop work, cop shit. Like, it would be really cool. <clears throat> yeah, that's not a bad idea.
5: I was excited when uh, there was like rumors that he might do like a Justice League Dark, because I'm a huge fan of like Right. Getting into like Constantine and um, uh, like, Guillermo del Toro, and, like, man. Dead man. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. I, I I just feel like it's a little too soon, maybe, to do a Justice League Dark. But I I think it was such a waste that that Constantine show was on a major network and just like lasted for like 10, 12 episodes or whatever it lasted for. Because like that Matt Ryan dude was a fucking great Constantine. Yeah, he was. Like, he awesome. was. So yeah. sad to see that show die, because it's such a cool character. And I think on like Netflix or maybe Amazon or Hulu or something, Constantine could have thrived. And yeah, could have. We could have. Yeah, that's
0: the that's been the like, biggest commentary. They're they're saying like it was too dark for the major network it was on. It was on like NBC, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The biggest network.
6: And...
0: But it was too light for the actual fans of the material. So it was, it's just in like this weird spot that it couldn't really be itself. Yeah. Yeah.
5: I'm actually watching uh, the uh, Keanu Reeves uh, Constantine right now. And I'm just saying, this is a cool fucking movie. I just wish he was like Matt, uh, Matt Ryan doing this Constantine or, you know, I, -hmm. I just feel like DC like throws stuff out there and then it fails and they're like, Oh, we'll never touch this again it's just sad, man, because I thought he was a great Constantine. And he even showed up in an Arrow episode, which I haven't seen yet.
0: But I yeah, was it was super pretty excited. good, man. It was pretty yeah, awesome, so. actually. Yeah. And they're
5: like, he'll never – then I, I feel like after that, they're like, well, he'll never show up again. I was like, why? Like, why are you saying this? like, he should oh, just he's... be like a constant in the Arrow universe if you can't give mm-hmm. him a show. I'm sure he's going to uh, come
0: back, man. They reuse a, a lot of their characters.
3: Mm-hmm. I, I hope so. In that CW-verse. I, I yeah.
5: I thought it was, I'm hoping with, like, Preacher on AMC, maybe they'll be like, let's get Constantine. Because I feel like Preacher and Constantine, even though they're different, um, they are kind of the same kind of – I feel like their characters are sort of the same, the way they act. So I'm hoping if Preacher does really well, maybe, like, Hulu or some other whatever the fuck's out there anymore will, like, maybe pick up another Constantine show because – I really think like with Doctor like Doctor Strange coming out with through Marvel, it's like DC's got to jump on this kind of like mystical like weird magical shit soon, you know? And I think Constantine's a great like introduction cuz he is the he is the exact opposite of Doctor Strange to me. Like he's just the guy who doesn't give a shit and just gets thrown in this stuff and has to deal with it. And I think that would be great to see on either a small screen or a big screen.
0: Alright everybody, thanks for listening to episode 12 of the Superhouse Podcast. Uh, You can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud at Superhouse. You can just search for Superhouse Podcast on there. We're at twitter.com slash superhousepod. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash superhousepodcast. And you can email us at superhousepodcast at gmail.com. And we're also starting a YouTube channel. Uh, We're going to have a a couple videos on there pretty soon. And you can search for us by searching for super house podcast on there. And we have an Instagram again with the same name, super house podcast. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's basically it. Uh, right, my name whatever. is, my name is Andrew. I'm coming from Los Angeles and thanks for listening. Uh, you, it, you guys, guys can, you All guys right. can say bye to, right. <laughs> oh,
5: this is Maddie. I'm currently in Cincinnati and thanks for listening.
7: Uh, have a good one, y'all.
0: This oh, is Joey yeah.
7: back in Los Angeles. Have a good one.
4: This is Stefan from Denver.
1: Talk to you later. And this is James in Los Angeles. Have a good night.
0: Awesome. <laughs> Woo!